And a good Friday morning to you. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. It's Friday, so Stan the Fan Charles is here with us. Press Box's Chief Grand Poobah. Is that on camera? You really? Is that on camera? I don't... I don't know. If, can you see the remnants of yeah. the? It's very important powder to stand. Cake powder cake donuts. So this means that we're we're gonna pitch a perfect game today, right? Because you Pretty got much. your powder ahead of time. Pretty much. And by powder, we mean yes, of course, cocaine. I'm not taking a powder. Yeah, <laughs> that was, right, that was right. what we meant. Stan got his cocaine. That before was in the show a different today. iteration of Stan. The Man. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! I don't know if you saw the meme that was going around last night uh, after after the president uh, said that uh, we're gonna make. Uh, we let everybody out. Uh, Pardoning all the federal. Uh, the federal, yeah. which I, unfortunately is not a lot. Possession only. Yes, more dealer. people that are dealing with that are at the state level than are at the federal level. Right. Um, but there was uh, there was a segment on the Laura Ingram program last night where she said, <laughs> it's just a cryon and it says, like, it starts with marijuana, but where does it go from here? And right. it became just a, a really great internet meme and Twitter meme of... Well, probably Doritos, like <laughs> probably, and I was Taco Bell, right? <laughs> Correct. A lot of that is probably where it goes from here. You know, it, you know, the drug of marijuana has still been classified. Yeah, I did not still with cocaine, right? And and, and LSD, uh, LSD and cocaine. It was it's a Schedule A. Yeah, is what it was listed as. Uh, I was I was informed that fentanyl is only a Schedule B, so oh, we definitely have things figured out in this yeah. country. We've yeah. got things. Yeah. We know what we're doing here. That's why we stick to the games. Correct. That's We are definitely better suited to talk about horrible football games. Uh, MC Ernest is running the board today. Uh, Griffin is with us as well. Is this uh, MC Ernest running the board now? Is yeah. that so you can move on from... Oh, I, you think I'm? You think that, I'm doing the? It, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm glad you brought that <laughs> yeah, up. you might be careful your, about that. At, this is how bad things were in radio for a long time. You would have like a vacation that you were scheduled to take, <laughs> right? And you would, and and you would suddenly start thinking about like who they might have fill in for you, and then you'd be like, No, you know what? I think I'm gonna cancel <laughs> I'm that vacation because you got real nervous that then you came back. They'd be like, Well, this sounds great. Yeah. In fact, that happened to me once with Liz Drabic. And I love Liz. Yeah. Love her. But I knew the moment I went on vacation, I'm like, they like, she's prettier than I am. They're all going to be like, why don't we hang out with her more often? Right, right. I, uh, I might have made a small mistake here. Decided to take a couple days off. Miscalculation. Yeah, that happens. Life goes on. It's all worked out in the end. Look at, look at me. Now I get to hang out here. Speaking of good looking people, I get to hang out with you. Why would I want to be hanging out with Liz Drabick when I can hang out with Stan the Fan Charles? It's the way it goes. A lot to do on the program today. Um, big come, game. Big game Sunday. Yeah, huge game, obviously, on Sunday. Speaking of which, Mike Tarico is going to join us a little bit later. He is on the call for NBC for Sunday Night Football. So I'll finally get a chance to talk to Mike. Oh, I got just terrible news for you. Terrible news. You he said, said Mike Tarico's on I, the he's show. He's going to be on the show, but he made it abundantly clear. He gave us a rider before he would come on the show. Really? He said, I want... Uh, all red and green M&Ms. Right. I want 24 cases of Aquafina. And I was like, well, that's strange. I don't right. know why you'd ever. Right. Who wants that? Not and, Aqua Velva. No, I, not Aqua Velva. He's yeah. good there. Just Aquafina. And then yeah. he said, and I would rather die than talk to Stan the Fan Charles. And I said, well, boy, that is. 
That is really over the really over somebody I never spoke to. I guess John Saunders. No, he got John Saunders bad mouth. Right, the word got out, my friend. I'm so sorry. The word got out. The late late John. We had to we had to record with Mike Tarico because he's a very busy man. Unfortunately, I'm sure he is. Uh, We had to do that uh, yesterday. In fact, very high paid man. He is a very high paid man. He's a very talented man. All of those things are true. Uh, in just a few minutes, former NFL head coach and former Ravens assistant Mike Smith. Just get his thoughts on the Ravens' aggressive style of late and the impact that can have on a team. We've been talking about throughout the week, obviously, the ugly scene with Marcus Peters from this past Sunday. Like, this was the first time it didn't appear as though everyone was on board. This was the first time since the Ravens in 2019 decided to sort of go into this aggressive style that I wouldn't call it a mutiny because it was one guy. And he's an emotional player, but it was the first time that we saw sort of some pushback um, internally. I, I was watching the game at home. I did not go to the game, so yeah, I didn't miserable. even. I really didn't even see the the, the incident. Well, I saw Peters. it at the end of the game. I was not aware until I spoke to Brandon Noble, who had worked the radio broadcast right. the next day, that this had actually started on the fourth down call. That Marcus Peters and his Nick Cap was bolting down the field to try to get John Harbaugh to call a timeout to to think about it a little bit right. more before they decided to go forward and forth down. Look, we talked to uh, we will also get you segment number 3 of the Tyus Bowser show with Mark Andrews later. We talked to those guys about it. You know, they're still saying they're on board, everything's good, the whole deal. They want to go try to win the game, but that was the first time we saw real pushback. Like a split. Right, yeah. internally. Maybe it's just one guy. Maybe yeah, literally maybe it's, it's just Marcus Peters. But it's doubtful that it's one guy. I, I, we will talk about what the impact of something like that can be with Mike Smith here in a couple of minutes. And uh, also Bo Smolka will check in with us as he does every Friday. What is Mike doing now? I don't even know the answer to that question, okay. if I'm being honest with you. I just... We have a we have a sort of a rotation of former head coaches that right. when we when we want the opinion of a former head coach we got a group of guys that we reach out to. There's the Mikes, Mike Smith, Mike Nolan, Mike Tice is on that list. The former Terp. Terp yep. um, those are some of the guys that we reach out to. Who do we have on yet? We had Marty Morningweg on yesterday as a guy that we reach out to sometimes. So Bill Belichick will be on that list. Well, he's maybe not a yeah, correct. Well, he's an Annapolis guy. You would yeah. think that he'd want to make sure he comes back home you. and yeah, be involved you could locally. Talk lacrosse with a hundred percent. I would love to talk lacrosse with Bill. I think it's the only thing he'd be willing to talk about. I don't think that he'd be willing to do a football segment. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mike Smith will join us in a couple minutes. All right. Um, Stan, just quickly before we get into any of that, your um, your feelings about the – hang on. I need to need – to, you know, whenever you're here, I'm bad at doing reads. I don't know what it is. I'm bad at it, and we still need to pay the bills around these yes, parts. Yes, we do. Yes, Today's we show do. brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. I know Stan's very excited. He's getting ready to head out to Cecil County next week. You can see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events. It's the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fairhill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. One of the questions I've been going through this week. We have seen a lot of good from the Baltimore Ravens through four games. Uh, the stat that everybody's jumping on this week, they've trailed for a total of 14 seconds yep. through four games, which is remarkable, of course. It's been the wrong 14 seconds, unfortunately. There's the flip side argument. Good teams don't blow two separate three-possession leads at home in as many tries. You can't consider yourself a good team if you've done that. Where are you between the good and the bad and the totality of what the Ravens are at the it's what we still, despite the fact that it's now a 17-game season, kind of consider the quarter pole? Yeah. Um, 
I'll just say this. Um, there have been probably two times in the history of press box that I've called for John Harbaugh to be ousted. Oh, my. And I've written columns okay. about it. And it hasn't been for a while, probably about five, six years. And I would just say I, I do not believe that, that uh, Steve Bishotti would remove him during the middle of the season. I think this is a, a very critical game for his tenure with the ball club. You know, that's that's all. Why do, you, why do you think that? Because I think if they win this game, they can end up five and two, and nobody's talking about this. And I think if they lose this game, they're they're really in a a a bad spiral. And I'll tell you what else is at play here. How many home games now have they lost in a row? Yeah, five, I guess it is. But I'm, I thought I thought it was it three be, or four last year and two yeah, this two year. This year that was, so I, I'm just saying. You know, Steve Bashotti has not I just, I has not left M&T Bank Stadium with a bad taste in his mouth this many times at any juncture in John Harbaugh's have, tenure. The only the pushback I'll give to that is I have no reason to think that anything that happened last year. I mean, as like, I, I say it in a nice way, but those weren't the Ravens. They were a group of guys that were wearing purple that that we called the Ravens because somebody had to play. But they were guys that. Again, we're serving you your powdered donut this morning at Dunkin' Donuts for what it's worth. I, I don't, th- when we throw that number out about what, like adding on the end of last year to this year, mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't believe for a second that Steve Bishotti thinks about that. If that's the case, then there are bigger problems. If Steve Bishotti is judging John Harbaugh by what, you know, the, the, I, you couldn't with your life on the line name the guys that were playing in the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens last season. They're not NFL players. If that's what you're judging John Harbaugh on, then there's a bigger problem. The mm-hmm. owner, had, that you've, you've become a maniac at that point. I, I refuse to believe that. Now, to, to the, the success of this season, I think this can be a really important game. Yeah, I think that for this season's success, I think that you set yourself up to say, we've got to draw a line in the sand, and at some point we've got to start making a move. If we're going to be one of the teams to beat in the AFC, if we're going to have a chance to... Um, yeah, get the number one seed, which doesn't feel likely at the moment, but they're still in the mix for that. And obviously now with only one team getting a bye in the first round, it's more important to be the number one seed specifically. For those reasons, I think this is a big game. I, I struggle with this one as being important for John Harbaugh. I could see a world in which they lose this, and then there are games later this season that do become important for John Harbaugh. I, I struggle with this one specifically just because it's still week five. I, I'd have to know if, if they do, in fact, lose the game. I'd have to know how they lost it. But but this little chink in the armor with the Marcus Peters blow-up mm-hmm. incident at the end of the game, it's just an indication that there there's just something that, you know, the critical mass of a team could splinter apart I would just say that this is a very, very important game for John Harbaugh. Not that, not that he. I'm predicting if he loses the game, he's getting fired after the game. I mean, for the team to have a successful season. I, that part, I have no, I have no problem with for the success of the season. Yeah. This is an important game. I have yeah. no problem with that, and I, I, 
I think sometimes we get carried away on how these things work and we, we get emotional after like the, the idea that somebody was getting fired because they lost a game in week four. Nobody's getting fired. It's it week doesn't, five now. Week I five. understand that. Week I don't think it's going to happen now. in week five either. Nobody's getting fired. They're not firing great. Like it's just not the way that it works. Now, that being said, again, if it were to spot the idea of it spiraling from last year, I dismiss entirely. But if this in this season, if what happened over two of the last three weeks were to lead to this thing spiraling in season, yeah. I heard get- a stat the other day that they're averaging allowing over three hundred yards passing over the four games. It sounds and right. that no other team is doing that. It sounds I mean that yeah. sounds right. I mean they yeah. can't get after quarterbacks. They yep. have no edge rush whatsoever. Yep. Yep. I just don't know who's like, uh, well, that gets back to Eric and you know, and the players well, they've the, drafted, the players they've acquired. I, I tend to think the defense is going to come around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think uh, JP three is, uh, you know, or what is his Jason, name? Jason Pierre Paul. I don't yeah. know. JPP is what yeah, they call JPP. him. JPP. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think he's gonna. I, I, I was impressed with him the other day for a guy. I, I who thought, hadn't yeah, given the circumstances, played, you know. Yeah, uh, I I thought given the circumstances, he did about as much as you could I mean, have asked him to for do. Like yeah, a lot. Eighty-five, eighty-six no percent question. of the plays. Yeah. Way more than I would have expected him to be in there for, given the circumstances. But they had to have him in there. I mean, they just didn't. They didn't have another option but to run Jason Pierre-Paul out there. They will hopefully get Justin Houston back this week, and that would add something. We'll talk more about that with Bo Smolka coming up in a bit. I don't think it's likely that we see Tyus um, return for for week five. I think at this point that's more like at week eight. I don't know about week. I don't in the in the coming weeks. I get the sense. I just don't think it's going to be this week. Um, but at some point, and I think that it if they can keep all of these guys healthy and they can have a scenario at some point where they have all of them on the field, that should go some way into improving the pass defense as the on the whole. But yeah, I mean it's. It ain't good enough right now. There's no question about that. Yep. And they're not still they're still not running the ball well enough. And Justice Hill is now a huge question mark going into Sunday against the Bengals as well. But other than that, doesn't mean Kenyon Drake's coming back. Uh, I mean, it could. Unfortunately, God. could. God. That's that is what it could mean if they don't have Justice Hill out there because it doesn't seem like it's going to be Gus Edwards yet. Hey, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I always like getting the perspective of a former head coach. And uh, this man, of course, once upon a time was an assistant here in Baltimore, went on to a very successful tenure as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. It's a pleasure, as always, for us to welcome back Coach Mike Smith to GCR Coach, it's Glenn Clark, Stan the Fan Charles, back here in Baltimore. Great to catch up with you, as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Well, Glenn, good to catch up with you. Looking forward to talking. Uh, Coach, first of all, I want to know, we remember that you were involved, you and your brother-in-law had a battle mano a mano as coaches last year. What what are you up to now? What's uh, what's going on in Mike Smith's world? Well, I'm I'm game planning, actually, to – Get that uh, win against him again this year in in the Hula Bowl. You guys are doing it again. That's my. We're doing it again. Oh, that's yes, awesome. We are. That's and, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're we're looking forward to doing it. Working with the you know with these draft eligible players that are that are going to be coming up. But um, I I got to get the W and then I might retire again. Okay, then it's a so so Brian <laughs> Brian got you last time is what you're saying. 
That's right. How does that? Twenty-one twenty. Now, how does like Brian? We know has some secret fire, right? Like he's very professional, but he's got some fire in there, and it can come out. Does does he remind you about it after he gets the win over you, or does he you know leave you alone about it afterwards? Well, after I bought dinner. He let he let it go, but until until I bought dinner, he didn't let it go. <laughs> sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Coach, wanted to get your perspective just broadly. Um, the Ravens in the last few years have become a very aggressive team, and they have chosen time and time again to say, "Hey, in in short yardage situations, fourth down, almost no matter the circumstances." We're going to go for it. I mean, we've seen them go for it from their own 30-yard line. We've seen them go for it a lot over these last couple of years. And people use the words analytics. Sometimes the analytics don't scream that you have to do something. They just choose to do it anyway. What do you make just broadly of the idea of a team deciding this is who we are, this is what we're going to be, and and, in circumstances almost be damned, we're just going to be this team no matter what we're faced with? Well, I think analytics have become a big part of the of, of the National Football League and college football. Uh, you know, they have all these decision-making trees that you can go through as a, as a head coach. But I really think you have to have a philosophy going in. I think the analytics are just a piece of what the decisions are going to be made. And, uh, you know, the tough thing about analytics is, they may say the analytics say that you should do this, but it's fifty-two forty-eight, and to me, that's fifty-fifty. That's mm-hmm. a coin flip, and that, you know those are the things that uh, are you know are the hard ones. I, and, you know, and coaches, if it doesn't work, and if it was fifty-two forty-eight, there's going to be some people that aren't happy about it. And uh, when that you know when it happens, you know fans are going to be fans. They're fanatical about it. They're going to you know they're going to talk about it. Uh, you know, John. You know, he decided to make a decision this past weekend, and it was a gut decision. It wasn't a 60-40 thing. It was one of those 52-48s, and he felt like, you know, it gave him the best opportunity to win. And that's what coaches do. And John's made a lot of great decisions in his time there in Baltimore, you know. So, uh, you know, this is just a little blip, in my opinion. You know, you you don't make all the right decisions as a head football coach, but John Harbaugh's done a great job. Coach, after John's, you know, career, he's coached for a long time, and of course he was an assistant for a long time uh, on special teams with the Eagles, but what do you think happened that plays in a coach con- a coach's conversion to being more aggressive? Because I guarantee you, for the first 40 years of John's life as a coach, he's he's probably never done this kind of thing, and yet the last four to six years, seasons, He's become increasingly so. How do you think he got convinced? Well, I think that you you, you look at the numbers. That's one that's one thing that you have to look at. And believe me, that you know you can get mesmerized by all the different numbers that come that come at you. But I think you get a feel for it. And uh, he's decided that he's going to be more on the aggressive side. And I think that's the trend across yeah. the board. Uh, in, in the NFL and in college football, you know, the numbers are up and on going for it fourth down and you're, you know, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And I think John's made a conscious effort to be one of the more aggressive coaches and it's worked out very well. The majority of the time. He is Mike Smith. He yeah. is with us here on Glenn Clark radio. 
uh, Coach, you know, you, you mentioned not everybody's always going to agree, and we saw an incident on Sunday where Marcus Peters, um, veteran cornerback, was vehemently opposed, and and it, it kind of it got explosive there for a little bit. It, is there any risk there? Like a lot, most of the players will always say, "Hey, look, I love aggressiveness," and I I believe them. I think most players like the idea of being the team that goes and tries to win the game right now. But do you worry at all about when something goes wrong? Hey what does this mean and do I have to listen to guys who maybe don't share that opinion and how can that affect a football team where you have a situation where someone so kind of publicly makes their opinion known that they're not on board with it? Well, let me tell you, things that are said on the sideline during a game are usually emotional statements (laughs) and especially, especially coming from the, you know, from the players and, I think that, you know, cooler heads will always reside and you'll come back to it and you have to have those conversations uh, at a different time. And I think as the head coach, to make sure that it doesn't fester for a long time, you've got to address it and you address it with the team, you address it with the individuals. And I'm sure John has done that. I'm sure he and Marcus have all made up because there's a lot of things that happen on a sideline during a game that uh, are such a high-pressure situation, and we're not always going to agree. And then when you have an opportunity to sit down and talk about here's the why, and I think John does that with his football team, here's the why we did this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you you know, you put it behind you and you move on to the next week. You can't let things fester from one week to the other in the National Football League or you'll just blow up your locker room. I have this philosophy, Coach, that it matters as much as whatever we see in the next game. And, I, and and you can tell me if I'm crazy about that. But I feel like, you know, when we talk about this, we say, I have every reason to believe exactly what you said. These guys get together. They talk it out. They're men. They understand that, hey, it's a 50-50 decision. This is the one that we made. It didn't work out. We move forward. And as long as we get to Sunday night and the Ravens play the Bengals and you know, we don't see any lingering effects. I'm I'm willing to believe that they moved on from it. If we get to Sunday night and, you know, John's face with a fourth and, and goal from the two, and, they, you know, like, I, I feel like it all comes down to this matters as much as whatever we see the next game. Well, yeah, the next game or the next couple of games because you never know if you're going to get in that same situation. Sure. And, you know, it, it might be a couple games. And, uh, you know, the big, you know, the big thing that uh, – people have to realize the sky's not falling in Baltimore. There's three teams in the division that are two and two and the Baltimore Ravens are one of them. You know, I think sometimes we, you know, we forget some things. Now there's some issues that, you know, that have to be addressed. Uh, you know, two of the losses have, have come where you had 21 point leads and 17 point leads. And, you know, I think those are the things that you, you want to really address as a, as a coach, because that's not a one play thing. That's a, you know, that's a trend uh, and and the offense, defense and special teams all contribute to that. So, you you know, you can't point fingers. You've got to look at the look at it realistically. And I haven't watched the games and studied studied it. But when you have a 21 point lead and a 17 point lead, and I think John's like second in the history of the NFL in terms of number of times he's won with 17 point lead. So. Those are the things that I think that you got to address in the long run because it's a long season, guys. As you know, now playing seventeen games, no doubt, there's going to be a lot of a lot of emotional things happen over seventeen games. Mike, uh, last year we played the Bengals and they 
be, they beat the living crap out of us in the <laughs> first game. Uh, the second game, we were you know we were a pretty banged up bunch by that time, really banged up. Um, do you have a, a a feel for how this game needs to play out for the Ravens to win? Well, I think it's going to go through the quarterbacks, and and most games in the, in the National Football League now are. You know, it's a quarterback-driven league, and it's going to be how well, uh, you know, they play. And, uh, you know, Lamar's playing fantastic football thus far. Uh, you know, and I know there were, you know, in the preseason, there was all kinds of talk about it. Hey, he can't, he's come out and, and played extremely well. And Joe Burrow's coming off the, you know, the injury last season, and, and, he's, and he's playing well. Uh, but, you know, more and more every week, I I see it as a fan. I see it as a former coach. This is a quarterback driven league and you're going to, you know, it's going to go through him and you're lucky when you, you know, both Cincinnati fans and Baltimore fans are very lucky because they've got two fine quarterbacks that can, you know, make game changing plays uh, throughout the season. And that's what you got to have. You got to have those quarterbacks that can make those plays, whether it's with his feet, whether it's with his arm, uh, you know, they, they're different styles, but it's a quarterback-driven league. And, and the wins and the losses uh, usually are going to go by the way the quarterback plays. No doubt. Like, you know, we get to watch great quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, and we're just really, really lucky. Well, well, <laughs> well I, the, first, the first two are pretty good. Did you, were, were you, did, you have, did you watch last night, Coach? No, I didn't. Okay, you are uh, a lucky seems, man. But just, <laughs> you are yeah, a lucky seems, man. Yeah, it seems like it might have been a, a throwback game to the 64, yeah. looking at the score anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was really, really bad football. Hey, uh, Coach, before we let you go, I just I wondered if you could share a thought, too, with us. Obviously, a big storyline the last week around the league has been the situation in Miami and, and Tua, and... I, I can only imagine how difficult this is for all parties involved because players are so inclined to want to play. Like, it's it's just what, you know, this is what you do for a living. Uh, chefs want to cook. Um, guys that, that, that talk about dumb sports takes on the on the radio like want to do eat, that. Like right. to eat powdered donuts. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Uh, players want to play. And obviously teams want to have their best players on the field if there's any possibility of that being the case. Can you explain some of the awkwardness of these situations and, you know, guys wanting to be out there and and you, you know, being in a spot where you got to coach a football game, so, you know, you can't be the one clearly that knows all the information from the screening. Can you just take us through how these things happen where we see these scenes like what we saw with Miami over the course of the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a bad optic for the you know, for football and for the National Football League. I really, I really believe that, you know, and we have to protect as a coach. You've got to be a, a protector of the players because, as you mentioned, probably 98% of the players don't want to let their team down and they aren't thinking about the actual results that and how they're going to be affected three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And I think it was a failure by the process that's put in place by the, by the NFL 
that allowed this to happen. So we, it needs to be addressed with the people. And I mean, if it looks like a concussion, it smells like a concussion, it needs to be treated as a concussion and you've got to protect your players as the head football coach. And I know the other parts are, are tough to, to deal with when you say we want to win, this guy gives us the best chance. We can't, you know, we can't do that. We got to take those guys off the field and protect them from themselves because that's really what's going on. And I think 95% of the coaches that I've ever been around take that view as well. We've got to protect the players. It's a great game. It's a violent game. And we just want to make it better. And the way to make it better that we've had all these safety rules all that put in place, they're trying to do it. But this was a failure the last couple of weeks in terms of getting the guys off the field and don't let them go back on. No question. No question. Coach Mike Smith, well put. great well to put. catch up with you, sir. Appreciate you taking a few minutes for us this morning. We'd love to chat with you again as the season goes on. Thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. You guys, hey, you guys have a great weekend and it ought to be a fun football game this no weekend question. for NFL fans and it won't be a tw- it won't be a 12 to 3 I don't think, <laughs> I think 12 to yeah 12 9 yeah right. correct I think you're yeah, right 12, about nine. that thank you coach yeah. appreciate hey, it you guys have a great day you as well coach Mike Smith joining us here on GCR it's how much of the game did you watch last night Stan I uh, watched about – I turned it on with about five minutes left in the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you, you're lucky. Yeah. You, you only I, I could not believe – I was almost as – I'm now using that word gobsmacked yeah. an awful lot. Yeah. I'm as gobsmacked as Richard Sherman was after the game when he took the Lord's name in vain. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of us that, su- that survived. I guess you can do that on streaming. Yes, correct. Yeah. There's not yeah. the same rules as there are on, on uh, network yeah. television. Um, I-, I was amazed that Russell Wilson threw that pass, you know, the one that got picked. I, I don't know what they were doing. There. I don't know anything about what they're doing, though. I, I, it is so difficult for me to figure out. It's easy to say Russell Wilson's shot, but then like I think so little of Nathaniel Hackett that like I'm inclined to say maybe with like he, he's had two two muffs uh, in his first five games as head coach. I mean that, so that was not a good look. So not a good bad. Look. And another drop, much like there is. Yes, MC Ernest, you. Could. I was just praying to see Nick Foles come in at some point. So. Matt Ryan definitely was not good. The other thing about Matt Ryan is he is just pushing the ball. Like, there is no – it's uncomfortable was, to watch. He was definitely pushing it after that injury where you could see he was He was definitely mm-hmm. pushing the ball mm-hmm. after he hurt his wrist. Like, it no is It is bad. It is tough to watch the yeah. ball come out of his hand. Yeah. You're like – it's a lot of people are comparing it to um, – you know Drew Brees, the end of his career, or you know Tim Tebow in the apex of his career. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's I don't. I mean, maybe Matt Ryan still has something left that he just need. I don't know, but this is alarming right now. Yeah. He is just, just doing it. It was a whatever big, he It was a big win for that team, though. That, that somehow they, they clearly got outplayed most of that game. I so. guess it's a big win. If they get Jonathan Taylor back, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, like, I mean, winning a game without Taylor. Correct. Which somehow, you, some way. What an atrocious. What do you think of the, What do you think of that Thursday night broadcast team? Nothing. I, yeah. I I think. Look, it's still Al Michaels. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, he's still a professional, but. I, I never understood the Kirk Herbstreet thing to be. I, I mean this in the nicest way possible. I don't dislike Kirk Herbstreet in any no, way. He's informative on what we've grown accustomed to him being informative but, on. But my issue is he brings nothing. I, 
I never understood why it is that this country thinks there is more of a demand for Kirk Herbstreet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. I don't get what it is. He must have a good agent. Oh, he's definitely got a good agent. Yeah. He goes from game day to the biggest um, Saturday night game of the week on right. ABC. And I don't know why we think there's a group of people that are just demanding more Kirk Herbstreet in their lives. He's fine. He's he's totally fine. He doesn't. But, he doesn't. And I don't mean content wise. He does. The things he says are pretty intelligent. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the broadcast sat there like a, a smelly fart to me. It just was so quiet. There was no excitement. And I'm not talking about manufactured right. excitement. Yes, the game but when made Chris it. Chris Collinsworth, that game, okay, that's true. Maybe that game put them both it's, to it's sleep. It's really hard. It was I, a sleepy broadcast to me. I've done a lot of bad soccer matches in my life where right. the ball almost never leaves the midfield, mm. and it is really hard. It is a very, very difficult to generate. You but those almost, games, you're doing the play-by-play. Correct. And there's... There's not a, a, a second where you're I not talking. Understood. Okay. The, the, I thought there was an awkward listen that awkwardness last night about the pre-prepared content that they had for the broadcast. Like the I graphic. didn't see enough of that. So they had you know graphics and, and storylines they wanted to get into, right. but the only storyline anyone cared about was the game sucks. And it's a very awkward thing to do that you can only lean into that so much because the NFL clearly does not want their broadcast partners to be leaning into how much the game sucks. At one point, you know, Al Michaels tried to say something like, you know, Kirk, you ever seen a game that was so bad that it was almost good? (laughs) And Kirk Herbstreit was just like, Kirk Herbstreit was just like, no. (laughs) That's what I mean. Chris Chris Collinsworth would have had a thousand words on that. Sure. You know, he... There's not dead air with Chris Collinsworth, and I'm not saying I'm opposed to dead air, right? But there was there no real well, I think chemistry are, between the two of them. I think and, there are times where you want to let the moment breathe. I'll criticize both Michael Kay and John Sterling a little bit for their Aaron Judge sixty. I thought Sterling's was better, but they were so interested in getting their pre-prepared shtick in. Right. That instead of letting the moment breathe a little bit, yeah, I haven't heard either was, one of those. Yeah. They were Michael Kay's was nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I wish, I wish I thought Michael Kay was good at something. I, yeah, I think he's fine. I feel the same. Um, John Sterling, I his shtick has always been, and he's got an amazing voice. Obviously, yeah. he's got an, a brilliant voice, and his shtick is very popular with Yankees fans. So he's playing to his crowd. He had a lot of shtick prepared for. Judge's 60-second home run. It It's better on radio because you can't let the pictures do the talking on radio. Right. But I still found myself saying, like, hey, man, let it breathe for a second. You're, we're projecting this as being the significant moment, whatever anybody feels about it. Let it be a significant moment for a minute. Just let the crowd – even on the road, there was a crowd response to it. Let that play for just a second – then get back to your shtick. Get back to everything. See if you can't uh, over there pull that up, and we'll play that. Um, yeah. We're gonna do I'd a baseball. We're gonna do a baseball segment later in the show, so maybe we'll play that then. Both uh, Michael, Michael, is Mike Tarico gonna be part of that? Uh, again, I'm so sorry, Mike Tarico. He's said, gonna be on later. Right? He is gonna be on later, but he said if you were here, he would walk off in a fit. Really? In a fit. In fact, he I, look, he's gonna man, be in the studio. He, he said, no, I don't think he's gonna make it in the studio. <laughs> He said there might be punches thrown. Oh like, oh if so, I'm going to have to 
kick you out. I'm so sorry. That's just Stan, you can't think of anything you did to him? Yeah, over the years. You really can't. The other clip I'd like you to to pull up if you can, there is a very embarrassing clip of Russell Wilson from the uh, post-game press conference last night. Before before we go to break, I'd love to play that if possible. Russell Wilson, a, a man who is so detached from reality, I, like he's a he's a walking meme at this point in his life. There is just nothing that feels legitimate about him. He feels like a prepackaged, you know, PR driven vessel of some sort. Maybe he can start playing for the Yankees next year. That seems like the perfect fit. If I'm being totally honest, uh, did was it the Orioles that drafted Russell Wilson? No, it was the time? Yankees. I thought somebody else did too. I thought he was drafted twice. He may have been drafted in high school, but the most recent team was, was the, the Yankees, Yankees, right, for when sure. He was already I feel a like there was another I feel like there was one other team that drafted Russell Wilson at some point. I will we'll look okay. into we'll look into that during break. If we can find it, maybe we'll play it on the other side of break. It's it's just brutal. Like it's just so detached from reality. I don't have the words. It was for at the it. end of it, right? It was right at the end of the press conference. If you search the words "let's ride," I think you'll find it on Twitter. I think you'll find it if I you search those words. It. I think that's it. You think you got it? All right. Skip, skip to want? the end. Wait, skip to the end. No, no, no I don't want the whole. Pr- there's just there's there's. Like I'll, the last I'll like send it. To, okay. Settle down. I'll send it to you during the break. Okay. I'll send it to you during the break. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, the best place to watch and bet on all of the games this weekend. And you make a twenty-five dollar futures bet on the Super Bowl. You'll register that bet, FanDuel.com slash SBNAZ, to win two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. So you could make a futures bet on the Ravens, and then if they make that run, you could win tickets and be there and maybe win the bet on top of it. It could be one of the most magical moments of your life. Again, get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Make that $25 bet on the Super Bowl. Register to win the tickets to the Super Bowl. FanDuel.com slash SBNAZ. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will join us next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever is on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477 1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. 
See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit Join Baltimore JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing... We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Stan the Fan is here with us on a Friday edition of GCR. You heard uh, me in that break talking about the Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can come get a sample of the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill before this week's Ravens game at the Game Day Firehouse, located at the Firefighters Union Hall. They're using it there? Yes, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. You can stop by, try some food, and enter to win your own Ginsu Kamado Ceramic Grill and $500 worth of grilling meat. Again, the Game Day Firehouse, the Firefighters Union Hall, 1202 Ridgely Street, before the game on Sunday night. Um, so this is Russell Wilson. This is just from the end of his – so he, he does the whole press conference afterwards, and then he's got a message after it's over. I couldn't tell the first couple times I heard it exactly what he said, so I needed to have somebody explain it to me. It's very embarrassing. He believe in him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. They just played the worst game in the history of football. <laughs> he and just, that's what that was? He just said Broncos, Broncos, I mean, country. Broncos country. And then ride. as he walks away from the microphone, he's saying, let's ride. Okay. You got it, Russ. You got it, babe. Let's ride. Let's let's ride to throw in an interception when we're up nine six. I gotta be honest with you. It is one of the most and and you'll let me know if Bo call, you know yeah. if we, yeah, we're yeah. hooked up. But uh, it's one of the more shocking developments of the season to me is that Seattle is having no problem scoring points with Geno Smith and Russell Wilson looks like he's on uh, on a respirator. It's gross. Yeah. It's just gross. By the way, if that's how much money Russell Wilson is worth, Lamar Jackson is worth $6 billion. <laughs> $6 billion. One of the best tweets of the night last night, by the way, came from Kevin Clark of The Ringer. 
who I don't think I'm related to, but we'll dive into that at some point, um, said that Amazon should be the one to give Lamar Jackson the $500 million so that whenever there's a bad Thursday night football game, they can just inject him into it. Like, if, <laughs> if their game is 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 last night, they right. can just say, hey, Lamar. For an c- entertainment c- value. Come on down. Oh, okay. Come on down. <laughs> you play now. In fact, maybe you be quarterback for both teams. Yep. Tonight, and we'll see how it goes. I thought that was a heck of an idea from Kevin Clark. That's a that's they an should interesting be the one. Idea. They are the ones. Sort of like a Shohei Otani. Sure, both things yeah, hundred percent. He could be the quarterback teams. for both teams on a night like last night. All right, uh, Ravens Bengals coming up on Sunday night. Let's catch up with our Ravens beat writer here at Press Box. He is our friend, Mr. Bo Smolka. He's back with us here on GCR. Bo, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Thank you. Um, Bye. I'm going to ask you the same question we talk about every week. Who's playing on Sunday? <laughs> I, and I'll say the same thing. I don't know. I, I always seem to guess wrong. I think I think Ronnie Stanley's going to play this week. Okay. I know I've said it before, but it just feels like he said he was close last week. Um, he's been a full practice person again, and I just it just feels like it's I, I think he'll play. Uh, I don't think either Rashad Bateman or Justice Hill will play. Mm. And I think those are major issues for this team. And I, I'll tell you, in August, I would not have said the absence of Justice Hill is a big problem. Right. But in October, I think the absence of Justice Hill is a big problem. And because he's shown a little spark. I mean, he's averaged six yards a carry. He's given that running game a little bit of juice. But, um, you know, we saw him go, you know, pop his hamstring or hurt his hamstring at the end of the game last week, and he hasn't practiced. I don't think we'll see him, and I think he's – I think he'll be a loss. Bateman, uh, John Harbaugh has been kind of vague predictably about Bateman, but well, – What is the um, nature of Bateman's – but what's, what is exactly his injury? Bateman. I mean, I don't know, but they described it as a mid-foot is how John Harbaugh said it. Mm. He did something to his foot on a play. Yep. He went into the medical tent. He came out of the medical tent. We saw him jogging on the sideline. And if I'm not mistaken, he did go back in the game, but only for a play or two. And then he was not on the field in that last critical stretch at the end of the game. But it was described to us as a mid-foot injury. So take that for what it's worth. But he hasn't practiced this week, and I expect mm. we won't see him. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, so yeah, that, but- you know, that's... But they've got Andy Isabella, Bo, so everything's fine. What are you talking about? Well, right, so someone else is going to have to step up, and who will that be? Because we've talked for, I don't know, maybe eight months about Mm -hmm. who else is going to arise on this receiver group. And to Devin Duvernay's credit, he has. Yep. But someone else needs to because what they're going to do, what the, the Bills did it too, they just shut down Mark Andrews. And, and I asked, um, he had two catches for 15 yards, which is very, very Mark Andrews-like. And I asked Lamar Jackson on Wednesday, what, what, what did they do? How did they do that? And he basically said, well, they always passed him off. It was a linebacker to a safety, there may be two. And, and, I mean, if Bateman's not there, that you can expect Andrews is going to get just blanketed. And so who else is going to emerge? Maybe, maybe this is the week that Isaiah likely is rediscovered. I mean, he's he's turning out so far. He's been very, very quiet after being so dominant in training camp. But is it him? Is it James Prochet, who is another guy that looks great in training camp and then just is completely a non-factor once the games start? Um, someone else in the passing game is probably going to have to be a guy that we're talking about on next week. And I don't know yet who that will be. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the loss of Bateman is, you know, it's it's notable. 
No, it's somebody yeah, they, the teams a... had to pay attention to. There's no question yeah. about it. And that's one less guy that, that they have to concern themselves with. Um, but obviously the, the big story. Again, I, I'll say I, he'll yeah. be, I, I think he'll be looked as questionable. Right. But I, I personally don't think he'll play. Okay. Um, can they make Ronnie Stanley eligible? <laughs> wide receiver? <laughs> sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe it can help there. Um, but, you know, the big storyline of the week has been what happened last week and specifically what happened fourth and goal. I know you and Dan were talking about it on Believe in Ravens. It's it's all everybody's been talking about it. I'm, I'm venturing the guess that based on the response, despite the fact that Marcus Peters and, – and, Bo, admittedly, at first I did not know that this thing with Marcus Peters started – at that point, it wasn't until someone else who was at the game said to me, no, go back and look. He's running down the field screaming at John Harbaugh ahead of the fourth down play. That's when all of this stuff started. It wasn't just the Adafi Owe thing. Um, I, I'm guessing that they say, hey, this is what it is. This is who we are. Nothing's changing. That when, when we're in these situations, come hell or high water, we're going for it. We're putting our offense back out on the field again. I think John Harbaugh would do it again. I do. And I think that because two things. Number one, as he said, he thinks he has a play that works. And if he thinks the play will work, they're going to run it. I will say, and, and critics are fair to say, well, he thought that. I, I view this one kind of like a two-point play because it was the same spot on the field. They were two for eight in those situations last year. 0 for one in that game on Sunday. So you're basically two for your last 11 of the, or two for nine that you have that is work when you thought it would work. He clearly thought it would work to win the two games he, he tried it on. Um, and it's just not working. Now, why is it not working? That's a fair question. They had Devin Duvernay wide open in the end zone, and the play just didn't work the way they had hoped it would. I will also say that what John Harbaugh said afterwards was, in, in his mind, the worst thing that would happen would be the Bills would have the ball at the two-yard line or the one-yard line in a tie game. They're going to call conservatively and the Ravens might get the ball back near midfield. At no point did John Harbaugh envision an interception that gave the Bills the ball at the 20. And that changed everything about that sequence. But I also believe that he thought, you know what, the Bills are going to get the ball here, and they're going to go score. I just don't think, I thought it was a tacit indictment of his defense that the Bills are going to go down and get seven, and if they get seven, we better get seven. And you're two yards away, and they thought they had a play that would work. I will say... Daniel Wilcox, on my pod, my podcast partner, made a very good point. He just hated the play call. He hated Lamar Jackson in a straight drop uh, pocket drop back on that play. Even though you had Duvernay wide open, he's saying, and it's a great point he made. He said, if you're if you're the Ravens and you know you're going for it on fourth down, I'm running left with Lamar Jackson on third down, so that or running left on third down. So if if you don't get in, that ball is on the left hash on fourth down. And now you roll out Lamar Jackson to the right. You give him a run-pass option, rolling to the right, give him the long part of the field. And as, as Daniel Wilcox said, you built your whole offense around this guy. Let him go be that guy on that play. And it was a really good point. And so the play call was questionable, I think. I, I wasn't surprised that they did it. Um, and I do believe that if they kick the field goal, which, you know, if they kick the field goal, I think the Bills go down and win the game 27-23. That's no. what I think would have happened. I feel the um, same. So we can chew, we'll can we chew it up all year long, but I think that's what would have happened. And maybe the venom wouldn't be there because, like, oh, we're still complaining that the defense couldn't stop them, but they had the lead and it felt more orthodox. But I do still think they lose the game either way. 
I agree with you, Bo, but I'm just curious that that point that Daniel Wilcox makes very interesting, the sequencing and orchestration of plays. In other words, do you think the decision to go for it isn't made until they don't make it on third down? You know, or, or are I mean, they I thinking think, ahead think of, certain, you know? I, I, think, I think many times in the game they're thinking ahead. I think you figure if it's third and – let's say you're third and five from the other team's 41. Yeah, we have two plays to get the first down here. We're going, it's, it's a, in our minds, it's four downs here. We're going, we, and maybe you call a third down play knowing you're going for it on fourth down. In that specific situation, I don't know. I mean, possibly. It, it, if Harbaugh had that in his mind, they should have been thinking that way. Yeah. Um, it sounds uh, so. I don't know if they if they only decided then once they got to the two. That, but remember, they had the ball at the one, yep. and then uh, Dobbins got clobbered back to the four. So that was a huge play in that game. They had, I think, it was second goal at the one or first at the one, and then Dobbins gets hammered. Um, and so there's another failure to score from the one yard line, which we also saw in the Miami game. That's a that's so a different. All of that comes into play. That's a different level of criticism than just the decision to go for it. Is structuring your plays in such a way that you have that option there, and I, I think Wilcox makes an excellent point. But to your, to your yeah, point, it was really interesting. Yeah, and, go ahead. And, and Bo, I look, I I think it's totally possible the Bills go back down and score a touchdown, but we still come back to the clock that they can't milk the clock to go try to score a touchdown. They have to go try to score the touchdown because you can't assume a touchdown. So, you know, eternally, the, my 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 forever problem with this will be you presented an opportunity for a team to run the clock out without you ever seeing the ball again, and that's. I'll never be able to get on board with a scenario where the risk factor is we never see the ball again during the course of a game, whereas if you go ahead, a team has to go score the points. They can't assume they're going to punch a touchdown in at the end of the game, even from the one-yard line. They've got to go try to score, and that can give you time back. That's my only issue with the, hey, they would have gone down and scored a touchdown anyways scenario. it's, It's totally fair, and like I said, I mean, I think that I think John Harbaugh thought at the very worst the, the Bills are taking over in a tie game at their own two. They're going to be fairly conservative in deep in their own end zone, deep in their own territory. And if we can get a stop, they have to punt us back to midfield. We have maybe a minute, and we have the best kicker in the league, and we can win the game that way. He did specifically point out that exact scenario sure. on Monday and said that was also going through his mind. And he just I don't think he ever, ever fathomed that the Bills would end up with the ball at the 20. No, it's cer- um, it certainly changed so, things. Yep. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, we we half jokingly mentioned Andy Isabella. That's not the only new player that shows up in Baltimore this week. Uh, I'm sure everybody's fired up. They got AJ Klein fever. Um, I I think the reality is much like we've seen in past years with LJ Ford or Josh Bynes or Josh Bynes or Josh Bynes again. Um, the Ravens might really need AJ Klein to step in and and offer something. I just think the Ravens inside running running back. Uh, inside linebacker group right now is is a big problem, and I think it's the biggest position of need right now. And, and I mean, they Patrick Queen has played really well at times and really poorly at times. And Josh Bynes is just who he is at this point. He's an aging linebacker doing his best, but when you watch them play, um, that linebacker group is not performing well. And the problem is they don't trust anyone behind them on their depth chart to play. Because Christian Wells and Delshawn Phillips and these other guys, Josh Ross got hurt, but their other inside linebackers are not even playing a snap on defense. They're they're only playing on special teams. So you've 
sign these players that you effectively say they're good special team players, but we don't trust them to play defense. We don't trust them to play linebacker. And now when your other linebackers aren't playing well, you don't really have a lot of options. So, and I know Malik Harrison was basically drafted as an inside linebacker. They've been using him as an outside linebacker more because they, they hadn't had the numbers as edge rushers. Right. So the, the depth there and the, and the play level there has both been lacking. So I think they will have to play or will play. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the, the linebacker play has not been good, period. There's no doubt about it. There's no getting around it. Um, Bo, look, the, the two games against the Bengals last year were ugly. You know, I'm dismissive of the second one because by that point, you know, those weren't really the Ravens. But the first one, that was Lamar. I mean, that was the Ravens, and it was a butt kicking. Um, I, I don't know how much these teams have changed from that point to this point, and I don't know how much one game matters in looking at it, but. I think there might be room to have some concern about the matchup for the Ravens when you're lining up against Joe Burrow and those wide receivers. And while the Bengals maybe have a weak offensive line, I just don't know that the Ravens are the team that's ready to take advantage of that. I agree with you. I don't think it's a good matchup at all. And and you're right. They did. I know the second game, the Ravens were down almost everyone in their secondary, and they didn't have Lamar Jackson. They didn't have Tyler Huntley. Remember, Josh Johnson That's started right. that game at quarterback. That's so right. The first, the second game, you can kind of uh, I, I kind of dismiss, but the first game, and the, if you remember, in the first game, early third quarter, the Ravens actually took the lead, and then the Bengals scored the last twenty-eight points, and it looked like by the fourth quarter they had broken the will of the Ravens. There was a long touchdown run late in the game. Looked like. One of the very few times it looked to me like a Ravens team under John Harbaugh had just kind of quit. Um, but in that game, remember, third quarter, Jamar Chase catches about a five-yard slant, and he slips out of a tackle of Humphrey and Elliott and then Clark, and he's 80 yards for a touchdown. And that could happen on any play in this game because this team, they need to tackle. Now, the one big thing would be that Marcus Peters did not play last year. I will say he showed up on the injury report with a quad injury yesterday. I was not out there, but that is something to bear watching today because when they show up with a quad injury, when they show up on a Thursday injury report, it tends to mean they got hurt during practice. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, that will bear watching later. But the Ravens, the other problem is between Higgins and Chase and Tyler Boyd, the famous Ravens you know, New Year's Eve playoff killer. Yep. These are three really, really good receivers, and the Ravens, so far as we've seen, have not been able to put a situation where they have three really, really good defensive backs all playing together at the same time. Brandon Stevens was played almost every, every snap as the slot corner last week, so I think he's going to be a really important player. But these defensive breakdowns have happened in every game, and they happened again against Buffalo. There was Stephon Diggs was wide open in the end zone, and he didn't score on the play, but Afterwards, Hamilton and Williams and Peters are all kind of looking at each other, talking like, what happened there? I mean, if that happens again, it's another touchdown. And so these communication problems are just something that cannot continue. And this receivers group is so dangerous that if you don't tackle, and if you have miscommunication problems, you are in deep trouble against these guys. Now they will. Joe Burrow's been sacked 16 times, second most in the league. So there is an opportunity there. But this team, again, has not shown the ability to generate consistent pressure. Maybe they can, and maybe Burrow's the guy they finally get right. This Bengals line is the one they finally get right against. But I agree with you. I just don't think this is a good matchup for this Ravens team at all. 
Were you encouraged by the play of uh, Jean-Pierre, Paul? I Jason was surprised Pierre. he played so much. I was surprised he played so much. I mean, he played. I figured, you know, they signed him early in the week, 10 to 15 rush snaps on, in obviously passing situations. He was out there for all but about 12 snaps. Right. I mean, he played a ton. So, and John Harbaugh even said he was surprised how much he played. So, I mean, I think it's encouraging because it says he's in shape to play now, which is what the what John Harbaugh said they need to have. And, I, you know, he's a guy that could also have an impact this week. I mean, any, and because what it does is it also keeps them from having to have Calais Campbell on the field every down, yeah. which he was the week before. That's, gonna, that's not going to last, and he's going to be on the shelf soon if you keep that up. So, um, yeah, it's encouraging, and I think he's a guy that could also be a big impact this week. But, again, these edge rushers, maybe even someone inside, Matt Abike or Travis Jones, can create trouble. But they're going to have to generate some trouble with, that, with the pass rush because that seems to be where you can get at the Bengals. Bell, I wanted to ask you a quick question um, away from the game. You, you uh, tweeted something the other day at Smoko on Twitter about the career and, and sort of the, the, the maturity of Jimmy Smith. If you could re- refresh my memory a little bit, when he was drafted by Ozzie Newsom, uh, there were all kinds of issues about his character, but they never seemed to really pan out. There was never that I can recall. So he was, he had, if I go back to his Colorado days, I believe he had a, I, I don't, I don't, I think it was a marijuana thing, or there was something with him in college that he even said at his press conference, he said, look, there were, I had some orange flags. He called them orange flags. Okay. kind of chuckled. But they, he had character questions about him coming out of Colorado. They, and so a lot of people thought he would have been a higher round, higher draft pick than he was given his size and his ability. So he drops to the Ravens. They sign him. And, and he even owned up. He, was, he said he was a little immature. He had a couple of police incidents when mm-hmm. he was early in his career. He had a suspension, um, a personal conduct policy suspension at one point in his career. So he had some things that came up. But when he spoke at his news conference, his retirement press conference, he was so genuine and candid and authentic about owning that and saying he was very grateful to the Ravens for sticking with him when he was a young, immature kid, and he thought the Ravens really set him on the right path. Their patience with him was very grateful, and he, and he just he, he he looked and sounded like this wiser, older person. And you could see the I, I started covering the Ravens his rookie year, so I'd seen his whole career, and it was very interesting to watch him at this place in his life because he had really, really matured yeah. and and he was very grateful to the ravens and he also said look that was one reason why he never had any desire to play anywhere else he had had the famous quote where he said i don't want to just go to somewhere like cleveland for a year and all the browns fans got up an arm but <laughs> his whole point was his whole point was that this is where this is always where he wanted to be and if he was going to resign anywhere for that last year it was always going to be here so he was very grateful for this organization for their loyalty and then he also said he was grateful to the fans for their loyalty. And he was frustrated over his career because he got hurt way more than he yep. wanted to. He was, missed way more games than he wanted to. But when he was on the field, he was a really good player. He made the key plays to win the Super Bowl. Um, but it was very interesting to see his development into the person that he became by the time he finished. He was, Like I said, he was very genuine and very authentic at that retirement news conference. And I felt happy for him. I was very touched by what you wrote about him, Bill. 
At B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see his stuff. Of course, the podcast is Believe in Ravens with him and Dan Wilcox. And if you haven't picked up the print issue of Pressbox, you got only a bit more than a week to do so uh, with Mark Andrews on the cover. Larger They're hard than to find right life. now. Oh, they've been yeah, very popular. Bo Smolka, appreciate you, sir. We will talk to you again next Friday. Have a great week, all right? All right, thank you. Take care. It's Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka joining us here on GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. When we come back in, we're going to talk some baseball. We'll talk a little bit about the end of the season for the Orioles, and we will preview the MLB playoffs, which get underway in 56 minutes. As uh, Really? Yes. It's the baseball day thing. Can I leave when Tarico comes on? Yeah, uh, if you'd like so I can to. Get home? If you'd like, you know what? We could maybe work that out. That you could do it that way. Actually, you know, honestly, we could make it work. That it would be. Um, that's okay. totally fine. That's honestly, okay. if you wanted to do that's that. That's okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little baseball when we come back in. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too. 
Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles is with us on a Friday edition of the program. Stan, you've done a couple of uh, shows this week. Yeah, uh, Ross Grimsley and I had our managing editor, Luke Jackson, on, who's a pretty astute baseball observer, and we kind of recapped the Orioles' season, uh, looked ahead at what they might be after for 2023, and also uh, previewed a little bit of our postseason, mm-hmm. how we see it shaping up. And, you know. and also last night? Last you did night a- I had Marty Bowman, uh, who's with Classic Communications with the Five Star event, mm-hmm. and the lovely and talented Kaylee Col- Colette, mm-hmm. uh, who used to be the events manager, used to be. For the first year, right? She now works for the U.S. Had a uh, long amateur. run, long run, long the, run. Yeah, <laughs> and she's actually an event uh, equestrian. Wow, I mean, she rides, but she's also in marketing for the U.S. Uh, equestrian Association. So obviously, getting ready for the five star next week. Yep, in- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you have any interest in going, folks, the way to do it is go to Maryland. The number five, Maryland Five Star dot US. All the ticket information is there. Uh, it's really, uh, this is a really a fun family or a couple's thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, great eating venues, shopping venues, and the day to go. I'm not telling people not to go Thursday, Friday, or Sunday, but the day to go is Saturday. Okay. It's the cross country event. Okay. Which is really special. Pretty spectacular. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you can find both those shows right now, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Uh, let's clean a couple things up really quickly. One, uh, I was correct. Russell Wilson was once drafted by the Baltimore yep, Orioles. You were correct. I had that right. He was then later drafted by the Rangers. No, the Rockies. The Rockies. That's what it said online. How did he I end up with the Rangers, I vaguely remember the Rangers. He definitely ended up with the Rangers at some point. Well, we know he was traded he was from traded the Rangers, Rangers to, the Yan- to the Yankees. It's amazing that a guy that was never playing baseball was, was involved so with this. Because, well, you know, what he used to tell his team teammates. Yeah, let let's it, ride. Let, let's right. ride. Yeah, let's ride. Um, so I had that part correct, and then this is I I didn't I didn't send I don't think I sent them the Michael K call. This is the John Sterling call of uh, Aaron Judge's 60 second home run from the other night on WFAN in New York. Here's the one one. Swung on, there it goes deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. Had to get all the shtick in. Had to get all of it in. Look. I'm just curious because I was looking at Mike's computer. That thing that 
that he pulled up is called Sterling King. Yes, they have a. It's a, a lot it, of broad. They're doing this now with radio broadcasters. Really? Where so putting, they have a little camera, yes. like like our. Essentially, camera. for this reason, that if yeah. for some reason something some crazy historic, happens yeah. and during the course of a game, obviously the historic things they knew this was coming, but a lot of other teams, right. just in case for some reason a no hitter or somebody turns or, a triple play or just something ridiculous that they can then put or this a out. Fan on, runs out naked. Yes, on the, exactly right. And now we got uh, Kevin Harlan broadcasting the the drunk fan on the field. Which is always I might great. Work that out with Kevin Brown. To you be the drunk fan on the field for Not him. Drunk. To, oh, I, I oh, said oh, nothing oh, about drunk. Oh, okay, just naked. Naked. Right. That's, naked. That's all you want. Um, it's a the call is fine, but my God, he had it was sixty seconds. Correct. He had sixty seconds worth of shtick that he needed to get in. Case closed. And by the way, that uh, uh, K used case closed as well on on his call of it. Like he had to get all judgment day, case closed. The Jolly Roger. The Jolly Roger, <laughs> the babe. And in a way, for some reason, I give John Sterling more of a pass because like that's just who he is. Yeah. It's just what that's they not very different than any home run he called. correct. Yeah. Like he always does the Stantonian yeah. blast or the whatever nonsense the the Grandy Man can. Like he's always my favorite done one. That. Rich Dubroff and I love the the G Man. G Man Choi used ah. to play for the G Man is a He Man. Wow, <laughs> I did not know. Look, I've done some dumb calls in my day, but that one that one's kind of up there. Yeah. That one's up there. Uh, all right, Stan the Fan, uh, baseball season came to a close this week. Uh, the regular season, the Orioles season. When do the playoffs start? They start in 48 minutes. That's right. 48 That's right. minutes as a wild card weekend. Griffin and I had a conversation about this the other day. I, I know for guys like you, you'll be uh, hyper-focused on baseball this weekend. Most of the country spends their weekend with football. Um, I- I'm a little confused as to why Major League Baseball set this up that they would do an entire round of the playoffs all encapsulated within a weekend. I think it had to do with the adding the extra games because of the lockout. In other words, I think that in future, the first round would probably be on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Okay. That would be more ideal if that were the case. I thought that they kept the last – that's why they forced all the double headers was that they were trying to keep – the schedule they, had to, they had to squeeze more games in so it didn't run till November 15th well, or right, something I, like that. I know that. I, th- I thought that yeah. they had that was the reason. This right. was part of the this was part of the jigsaw puzzle right. of not having it go too long getting the players 162 games right. Play, play, right and not playing. Was the double headers and adding these three games the last week. Yep. Normally the season ends on a Sunday mm-hmm. and they start all the games at four o'clock. So you right, know, so everybody's right playing at the playing. same time. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, I I, I want to do two. I want to do a quick sort of summary of the Orioles, and then we'll talk about the playoffs. My, you and I kind of talked about this yesterday. I'm writing a column for the next print issue. I this season to me, I'm not moving the goalposts. I said once they started turning things around, I said I'm not going to call it, declare playoffs or bust. They play a meaningful game in Baltimore on Labor Day. This is a successful season. Right. They did. And they, in fact, played right. about two and a half more weeks of yeah, meaningful semi-meaningful games. Semi-meaningful. Yeah. I mean, it started to fall I mean, it apart started to fall, fall, fall apart. There's no question about that it. That Blue Jays series was the death of them. Like yep. that Going back to it, they never recovered from how things But ca- the games that really turned out, turned out to be the ones that took them out of it were the two out of three losses to Boston. Well, that, that put the and final then nail the two, on the coffin. And the first yeah. two against Detroit. Yeah, that, that because the other teams were home. cooperating. 
Yeah, yes. they were keeping them alive. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but they, yeah, correct. But this really goes back to that week. And yep, no question just, about it. It just started to fall apart. Um, I, I'm good with all that. And I also good with the idea that, hey, it was never about this year, right? It was always, th- this, this was, you know, just icing on the cake, the fact that the Orioles were a little more competitive this season. I'm just struggling with next year. I'm struggling with the number of people that are saying, look out next year. Because I'm still struggling with how much of this particularly position player group I really believe is at the core of a World Series contending roster. And my answer at the moment is it's two guys and they were both rookies this year. I'm not sure. I think that ultimately someone that from the, from the rest of this group will be part of it. Right. But I don't know who it is, and I don't have a lot of confidence about that. And I don't think they're going to overhaul the entire group this offseason. No, there's not going to be like like Hayes, Mullins, Santander, Mountcastle. Probably three of the four will be here next year. Correct. It'll probably be one guy that goes. But I'll tell you where I think the club can make its biggest improvement. Because they believe in Colton Kowser, mm-hmm. because they believe in Jordan Westberg, I think the chances that they really do something that's going to really excite the fan base in the pitching category, and then you add in Rodriguez and who whom they add on mm-hmm. to Kramer, right. Means eventually, maybe Lyles is still here, mm-hmm. uh, and Bradish. And suddenly, Although there's a strong su- argument for suddenly, both being back in rotation. Too. But suddenly, well, both will be here. I right. think. I don't he, think. But I don't in, think he'll be. I think the, the numbers rotation. game. But like you, by the way, between Bradish and Voth, who Voth pitched better? Yes, he had 17 starts of three runs or less right. until the last yeah. his last start. But I think they're going to really try and win with pitching, defense, and speed. Right. Uh, and and. Give sort of the way we say with Michael Kay and John Sterling, let it breathe. Mm-hmm. I think they want to, before they just make wholesale changes, I think they're going to have to give up something to make the trade I envision for a pitcher. Uh, maybe they get an aging free agent bat like a J.D. Martinez for mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. or a Jose Abreu for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's funny with Abreu, they may, be have, they may have to make the same decision with Abreu that that Dan Duquette wasn't willing to make with Cruz mm-hmm. seven years ago, which is to give him a third year. Right. Well, in that case, it was a fourth Set, year. Yeah, right. Uh, but this would be probably a three-year deal to get a hitter. So I think a really dependable bat that you can middle on. Legitimate middle, middle of the lineup. Yep, yep, yep. I, and and – and one or two starting pitchers. That's uh, and what I end up saying, and I don't want to give away. We we're a week away from the print column. I, in my column, I'm going to say I'm fascinated by this off season because I think it is it's, a fa- it's an interesting off. I, I think a lot of people are just saying, "Hey, we're looking forward to them spending money." I'm really far more looking forward to figuring out who they think is a part of this and who they don't think is a part of this. Because at different times during the year, we sold ourselves on. Dude, Austin Hayes could be a Nick Markakis-like piece of the future for this franchise. June 1st this year, it looked like he was about to to be that I was ready to extend him. I was ready to invest in Austin Hayes. And now I'm not certain that I want to be part of the the solution next year. Ramon Urias at one point in July, we were talking about like, 
man, I don't know, man. This guy could be special. Maybe this guy is legitimate. Maybe this guy is the real deal. But I get to the end of the season and I find myself saying it about none of them. I don't feel strongly about... How about how about Mateo from, say, about July 15th to August 20th? Looked like, looked like you had he, to have him be your like shortstop. like Ricky Henderson yep. almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last five, six weeks of the season looked very lost at the plate 100% um you know but he's he's in a yes offers a lot defensively and with speed it's not like I want to run Jorge Mateo out I'm just not I'm not committing to Jorge Mateo at the moment as being what what type of trade value do you think he would have (sighs) if you believed that Henderson or Westberg could could take his age makes it tough you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like he's not 22 he's he's not but he's not 31 he's he's not 37 he's not 31 but I think it's hard for I I think at this point it's hard to convince someone that there's still a next step for Jorge Mateo right that at this point he's deep enough into his career that it's hard to project a season where he's hitting 255 all season long I think it's more and more difficult to think that there's still that level to come for Jorge Mateo. I think teams would always be interested in what he brings to the table, but yep. I think there's a limit to what you get for that. I'm not well. Again, I'm talking about suppose it was if you're throwing him, him you're in throwing with, a prospect, right? And, and it's Austin Hayes. Like right, if the, it was Mateo like, Norby and yeah, you know Norby, I don't think they'll give up. I I'm, really don't. I, don't. I buy that. I buy yeah. that. I mean. If, I mean, at some point, they do have a glut, though. They like have a, to give up somebody. Correct. And Mike Elias said that at his year-end press conference, which I couldn't attend because of the Jewish holiday. Right. You know. So. Um, or they, or they I, have to move on from Mountcastle. Or they have to, if they move on from Mountcastle, then there's a first base yeah. spot that becomes available for someone like yeah. Norby in future years. But if they're not moving on from Mountcastle, how many infield positions do you have for Westberg, Henderson? Ortiz, perhaps at some point, Norby, and obviously Jackson Holiday down the pipeline, right? right? Like you're going to run out of, and we're, we're, I'm eliminating Jorge Mateo in that conversation right. and Urias in that conversation. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to make, I don't want it to be sound like I'm doom and gloom. I'm not. I'm very encouraged by where the Orioles are headed. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to project that next year is going to pan out the way we think it will I, right I now. I need to see what they're doing this offseason, yeah. who they who they look at and say, this guy's got more. We're, we're just scratching the surface of this next group. of The top two we're all on board with. We're all on board with Rutschman and Henderson. Everyone is on board. Those guys are centerpieces of a future championship contending team. Who else internally from this group do they believe is part of it? Did they look at Ryan Mountcastle and say, we think he's more the guy from 2021 than he was the guy in 2022, and we are committed to him as a middle-of-the-order bat moving forward? Do they internally believe that? And the guy who plays a solid first base, obviously, on top of it. Um, That's what I'm more intrigued by when it comes to the Orioles going on this offseason. I've I've got, you know, at at the peak of his career, people used to say, in Ozzy, we trust Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of trust in Yeah, you've Michael talked about Ives. that a lot. You know, I'm, uh, you know, you know. I still I still need to see, you know, that, right? Like that's the one thing his greatest accomplishment to this point as a major league baseball general manager is winning 83 games, right? Yep. Like I yep. still need to see that he's the guy that can shepherd you into really competing against very good teams in the American League East. Um now, that being said, there is their playoffs will start 
as in a, in 37 minutes 37 they get under minutes. 37 minutes Jeez, um yeah how, how quick can you get out to pikesville from here is the question Boy, if, if, if i didn't have to sit here to, to well, talk to mike to yeah, Rico, again bad know. just terrible news boy yeah. and i, I gotta be sorry, honest you can't do the show uh no he's gonna he wants to do the show he just said again if stan the fan is there i will burn the building down which oh, i thought goodness. was aggressive an unnecessary, I frankly. Burn the building. Yeah. Down. He's I, not even in the building. I understand that. Yeah. Well, he might be working in cahoots with MC Ernest. I'm not sure. Or maybe the Oath Keepers. Oh, God. Um, anyway, uh, your, your gut going into this thing, do you have a team that right now you say, if I'm, I'm right, this is the team I believe is going to win the World Series? And then I want to present the secondary. Yeah. Is there something you're particularly rooting for? This is always fascinating to me. I, I think right now there's, you know, obviously it's disappointing the Mets fell apart, but there's the Buck storyline that a lot of Orioles fans will embrace. There's, of course, the Trey Mancini thing that Orioles fans will embrace. And Dusty Baker. And you know, I mean, he sure, doesn't have I, the he doesn't It's have not a local Baltimore connection, connect. but I do. I yeah. felt that way a year yeah. ago about Dusty yeah. Baker. But yet, for a lot of people, it's still the Astros, and yeah. they still can't feel good about them. Do you, one, do you have a gut feeling, and do you have anything that you're emotionally attaching yourself to about these playoffs? I think one of three teams will win the World Series, and Dodgers deserve to be a prohibitive favorite going in. Um, they just, it, it's just amazing how much, how much depth they have in this organization. You know, I watched carefully Craig Kimbrell pitching in the last month of the season, and I'm going, geez, a whiz, they, they, they're going into the, you know, the postseason with him as their closer. And all of a sudden, they they brought Tommy Canley back. Remember him from the mm, White Sox? Vaguely, yes. And the Yankees? Mm-hmm. He's been injured for two years. He looked, inc- he looked really, really good. Okay. And I'm not saying he can take over for uh, um, uh, um, Kimbrell. Right. But he can, he can certainly add some depth to the post uh, to the to the late game uh, situation with the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers deserve to be an overwhelming favorite. If you ask me who else can win it, I think Atlanta can win it. Uh, their, their chances would be greatly enhanced if Spencer Strider was is available to mm-hmm. them by the second or third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a guy who struck out 202 batters in 131 unbelievable. innings. Unbelievable. Um, and I think the Astros, of course, with their pitching can win. My personal favorite would be the Buck Showalter story. Yep. I wanted to believe that they were the team. I wrote about it in June in one of my complimentary pieces I do with my baseball power rankings. I didn't think then that they had enough offense to withstand Scherzer and DeGrom not being spectacular. And in the last three weeks, I don't think Scherzer and DeGrom have been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, they've been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're capable every time they go out, they can no, be. No, it's not that they haven't got their brains beat right. in. They but, have, but they're not good enough to match up against the best pitching on the other side. Those are the three teams I like. Uh, Atlanta, Houston, the Dodgers. Dodgers are, to me, deserve to be kind of the overwhelming favorite. I'm looking forward to to the Braves versus the Dodgers. I got to think it's going to be an amazing series. If somehow the Mets get into the final championship series, that would be a great series as well. Um, I, I am 
I'm in a weird place with the emotional side of it, right? Because I, I do think there's a there's a part of me that says I have every reason to believe that Steve Cohen's gonna keep the Mets competitive, that he's hell bent on that thing. And, you know, it might end up costing the Orioles something that they want. It's one of the one of the I've been so reluctant this year to believe the Carlos Rodon thing because at the end of the day, he's going to be the most desirable yeah, pitcher not, on the market. He's not coming to ball. Like, I, we all want Carlos Rodon, but so does everyone else in baseball, and those guys are going to be willing to spend more money than the Orioles. It, it, Steve Cohen's going to walk in and say, not nah, sure, hell, sign Rodon too, right? Yep. So in, there's a small part of me that says, I don't know where Trey Mancini's going to be next year. I don't know if he's going to have another opportunity to win a World Series. It would be really special to me to see Trey Mancini win have, a World Series. I have no problem with that and, at all. And I think from the emotional side of things, that weighs a little – as much as I would love – I've talked a lot about Bucks a World Series away from being a Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's a big deal if he could just win one World Shows Series. Dusty, in my opinion. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, I, that I, would be an intriguing matchup if the two of them ended up in the World oh Series. Oh, God. Buck against That'd uh, be a really Dusty great story. Baker. It would yeah. be a really great story. Can you imagine that the two of them were sitting on the outside looking in for a couple years – that certain watching teams, all these other dudes, you know, yeah, right? Hiring, rehiring Tony Larusa after right. he hadn't managed a game in eleven years. Uh, Charlie Montoya gets hired. Sure. You know, it's pretty staggering that teams didn't think, "Hey, this guy can yeah, make it." It's, a it's huge really difference. weird. All, you know what it tends to go along with these guys wherever they go? Winning. Yes. it's really strange yes. how that works. Yes. Yes. Wherever these guys go, winning seems to walk right there with them yeah. wherever it is they are. And, my my one sleeper team that I've got my eye on is the Cleveland Indians because they they do that thing so great late in the game they're untouchable. <laughs> Emmanuel Klaas is just absolutely phenomenal and Karinchuk has come back to be almost unhittable as well. So if they're leading 2 to 1 or 3 to 2, it's almost yeah, turn out the lights, you know, but I it's you. it's hard to imagine their offense doing enough. But Shane Bieber Former Cy Young Award winner, actually had his best ERA this season that he's had as a pro. Hey, last one for you, yeah. uh, Manager of the Year in the American League. I, as much as I love Brandon Hyde, love him as a person, thought he did a terrific job, I think Scott Service uh, gets it for me because uh, breaking the longest mm-hmm. playoff drought mm-hmm. uh, in in the game right now. To in me, all of American professional season. sports. In, in all of America, yeah. I think he and he's been there a while. Um, I I think you got to get the rose colored glasses. It wouldn't be a shock to me if Hyde gets sure. it, but I think Service gets it. I mean, there's look, man. You go from 110 losses to 83 wins. Yeah. Like you're definitely deserving of recognition yeah. for it. Yeah. But um, to your point, I have no problem at all. I think I think there will be people in this city that think it's a travesty if Brandon Hyde. I don't agree with that. I, I, yeah, agree I saw with my you. buddy Bruce Cunningham today says thirty-one. You know, be there should be an investigation of Brandon Hyde. Give me a give me a break. Yeah, stop. Know. I mean, yeah. I like I like Brandon Hyde. I, I love I'll, Brandon. I, Hyde. Ironically, there are other people in town that are ready for Brandon Hyde to go. Like, ironically, there are people love in Brandon town. Brandon Hyde. I I'm 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 not. I am not in that camp whatsoever. Look, I love Buck Showalter as a manager, and I'm very fond of Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter comes with an agenda that is Buck Showalter's. Brandon Hyde is transparent. What you see is what you get. There's no hidden agendas. He's very open and honest. When we come back in, we will hear... You know what? Why don't we do Young Utes first? 
Did, I mean, would you really like to roll out the? Because no, we can, doesn't we can ma- coordinate it doesn't, this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Seriously, it doesn't matter. All right, I'm, I'm not going to sit and watch. 12 games of baseball over there are a lot of people who will be there are a lot of people who are just i mean i will go home i will go home and watch you know the last seven innings of today's first game sure i'm good all right well then we'll talk to mike tarico then we'll get young utes Oh, so Tariko is talking to me. Not to you. Again, we are going to have to. I don't know Do what I we're going to do. Go with in the you. other room somewhere. Okay. Somewhere we're going to have to. Can I go back you. in the closet? Oh, God, God, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to talk to Mike Tariko. Then we'll get Young Utes. Uh, today's show also brought to you by. The, ooh, this one's brought to you by the fi- Maryland Five Star. We've been talking about it all throughout oh, the morning. Man. Awesome event coming up next week in Cecil County. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events. It's the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Cecil County. <laughs> Shoo! Hey, last Cecil night, by County. the way, uh, we'll finish it up then. I got one quick thing. No, that's, that's... Um, when you hear the term Mars, yes. you know, I asked... Uh, um, uh, Kaylee Collette that right. I said I thought they closed a few years ago. I, I thought said, they were gone. I said, do you know Mars is the company that owns M and M's? Right. Okay. Yeah. I. I it's still. It's oh yeah. Still, I absolutely. I'll forever associate yeah. it with Tom Davis. And she and, and she didn't. She's probably not from Baltimore. She go really. There was a no, super. I, you know, this is the company that owns M M&M and M and a hundred percent. But yes, forever the I will associate Mars with going to the grocery store and right. getting some ice cream and some cake on a Sunday. I one hundred percent will associate with that. All right, uh, Mike Tarico's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Ties Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. (laughs) 
The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the Bataround every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports glory days grills oktoberfest menu is now running it's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year it features the chicken schnitzel the oktoberfest brewer's platter the brewer sausage sandwich the bavarian burger with a pretzel bun the cheddar ale soup the slam dunk pretzels and the apple cobbler all of these meals pair well with oktoberfest beers and angry orchard on draft dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites take home glory days grill great food good sports check out jeremy khan's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners and speaking of winners here's a man who once won a media curling contest and i don't think anything else He's Glenn Clark. I've always found that a bit offensive, if I'm being honest. By the way, the video is out today of Draymond Green sucker punching Jordan Poole. I I have no idea how the Warriors keep Draymond Green around. Like, I... It is shocking. Really? It is one of the... Clearly, they were hoping that this didn't get out and they could just sort of keep it internal. And What prompted it? Um... I don't. We don't know enough of the details of that. So the video, they're just standing in a drill. Draymond Green is away from Jordan Poole, and then he starts moving closer towards him and gives him, or Dr- Jordan Poole gives him a shove. Okay. Just a shove. And Draymond Green comes back and cocks and fires. Green gets in his face, gets right up on him, Poole shoves him off, and then Green goes right after him i mean right well we don't know him. what uh you know Who knows? somebody more, said something yeah. man it's more like draymond probably said something about his mother might have but draymond yeah. green was so bad in the playoffs last year yeah that like jordan Poole is the guy they need they need that guy to stay around this is a really i'll tell you the guy who's gonna have a monster season Who? this year is wiseman yeah, James Wiseman. I mean, yeah. okay, all right. I'm, I wrote about it for my. Oh props. yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing some prop picks. Fifty for... fifty dollars gets me thirty two hundred. Whoa, most improved player. Whoa, I picked. Uh, I went with a rookie of the year bet that was at plus four fifty. I did too. I did. I did yeah. a very want, simple one. one. Hang on, I'm writing. Uh, okay. My my pick is this guy out west. I'm picking that guy as my rookie of the year. Keegan Murray. Uh, you were Keegan, supposed to say Ke- <laughs> Keegan, Keegan Aiken. Keegan Aiken. Keegan Aiken. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. <laughs> I don't know why you were writing it down. I was right. because I didn't want to oh, okay. uh, pick up the print issue of Press uh, Box to find out what my choice. You think somebody is. today is really going to remember? No, that. but it's okay. it's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed okay. to tease that we can that we want people to go pick up the print issue of Press Box to find out that yes, Keegan Murray is okay. my <laughs> pick. For rookie of the year at plus four fifty with the Sacramento. I took Kings. a rookie of the year too. Yeah, I won't write it down. Thank you. Though. Thank I won't you. Write it down. <laughs> well, you have to pick up the print issue of Press Box <laughs> in order to find out. I went with the favorite, folks. Oh well, that's. A I thought boring. it's a pretty. Uh, you always, it's I always, I always forget you're a Duke guy. God, I always forget that. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with the great Mike Tarico ahead of Sunday Night Football here on GCR. Of course, coming up, Sunday Night Football, Ravens-Bengals here in Baltimore. That means one of my absolute favorites is back in town as he will be on the call with Chris Collinsworth and Baltimore's own Melissa Stark. He is the great Mike Tarico, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you again. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, Glenn, good to be with you. I hope all is well. Looking forward to uh, some sunshine here. I know it hasn't been the greatest week weather-wise, but... I think we've got a good forecast of the weekend. Finally turned cool. around. Yep, no doubt. It uh, it was a rough one. Mike, I, we're in a weird place, right? Because, I, I and I don't know how you guys approach this. We The Ravens are pretty clearly a good football team, right? They've trailed for all of 14 seconds through their first four games. They've just somehow managed to lose two of those games in the process. And there's an right. argument that good teams don't blow multiple three-possession leads. Like, when you look at the Ravens, big picture going into this, what do you see in them? Oh, they're not they're not far away, right? If you think about two and two, where the league is, nobody's running away and hiding, at least from where I sit this year. Uh, so that's not too much of a problem, right? You're you're a game back from being as good as anyone in the AFC. So there's no oh my gosh, we're two back, you're a quarter of the season, what's gonna happen here? I think there's uh and, and well just to take the losses for a second. You look at those losses, very uncharacteristic, although there is a little bit of a pattern in these score one-score games of late and also the home games. So those are concerning things. But I think one game kind of turns that around. Win a close game, uh, win a game at home, and you, you're off the schneid of that kind of stuff. That's why I think this is important. You don't want to start uh, getting this hole any deeper in the, those regards. But when I look at the team, Glenn, the bigger thing to me, I think we've had a little bit of a flip I, You know, for years and years. You counted on the defense, you yep. hope the offense. That's turned the last few years, and now it's really turned here. We're a couple of years into this where, you know, you want the offense on the field when it matters, not the defense, which we never used to think or say about the Ravens. Uh, Mike, I've asked uh, Ian and Kevin about this in recent weeks. You're still you're calling mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson playing football on Sunday night. And while I know he didn't have his most right. brilliant game last week, his first three were pretty stinking brilliant. And mm-hmm. you just never know um, what you might see as a broadcaster right. and what he might do. Is there is there a pressure that comes with calling Lamar Jackson as a broadcaster? Is there a boy? I better be on it because I you just don't know what kind of magic we might see. No, there's a fun to it for me. I don't think it's a pressure. I think it's the fun part of our job. You prepare all week, but the fun stuff is when you get there on Sunday night or yeah. Sunday day for Kevin and I. It's it's fun for me. You know, we just had Patrick Mahomes, and not just Mahomes, and we saw what he did, you know, down around the goal line, but also the Chiefs in general. You know, I spent the whole week watching the red zone plays that they've run over the last couple of years inside the five-yard line, and there are so many different things that you stay really focused on. And son of a gun, wouldn't you know, they snapped it to their second-string tight end who was in motion and went under center as Mahomes was pointing to the left. So that's just like you're, you're paying attention even more, you're always paying attention to the ball, and but you're hyper-focused on being with or a step ahead of the play and not too far behind the play. And, you know, I, I talk to Ian all the time. We've been friends for almost 30 years, and he's one of my dearest friends. And we were just talking about this on Monday, uh, just the joy of doing those games. And Ian and Kevin are two of the best of calling the game in that moment, the exact moment as it's happening, not waiting and then calling it back afterwards. So 
Uh, yeah, I think there's always a hyper-awareness, but there's also a, a fun to it. Here, here's where I put the category. Tiger Woods always brought you to the TV because mm. he might hit a golf shot you've never seen before. Mm. And Lamar and Patrick have a little bit about them that is similar to that, even Josh Allen, too. You may see a play that you haven't seen before, and that keeps you right on top of the wheel here as you're driving. Mike Tirico is with us. Sunday Night Football, of course, on NBC, Ravens-Bengals. It's so funny you bring that up, Mike, because I, you know, when, I, when I brought it up with Ian, who I also adore, um, he, he compared it to Michael Jordan or you know, doing NBA games over the years, like a, mm-hmm. a Kobe or a LeBron. Right. And I was like, wow, that's a great, right. that is a great comparison. Um, you know, you did, you've done a few Raven Steelers games over the years, uh, including yeah. the legendary, you are the voice of Wednesday football, um, in the NFL. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. this thing now with the Ravens and the Bengals, I, it clearly it's not Ravens Steelers. It, it can't be that, but, right. and right. I, and I'm not, I'm certainly not silly enough to think the Steelers are going to be buried for forever, but given the landscape now of this division and it being Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, this feels mm-hmm. like it's a pretty intense, you know, budding rivalry between these two, you know, f- franchises at this point. Right. You know, you almost feel like the game week 18 is going to mean something for someone, if not both, right? Because you just have that feeling about these two teams, whether it's the division, a wild card, home field, whatever it might be. You just feel like something's going to be on the line week 18 when these teams meet. And that is what you've figured out over the last couple of years. You're right with the quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks help make rivalries, and good defenses and good defensive play do as well. And I think you're you're on with both of these here. You know, the the one thing that kind of jumps out to me with this rivalry right now, or these teams as head to head combatants, the Ravens have that with almost everybody in the division. There's the legacy of the Steeler rivalry over the years. There is the generational yeah, the franchise yep. move with Cleveland. And with this, as you said, you know, hey, they didn't. They you, you Ravens swept them five, or swept them two years in a row. Had won five in a row, and last year they didn't always sweep you. They destroyed you. Mm-hmm. They embarrassed you, right? And they put up performances that you never see the Ravens give up to the same team in the same season. So yeah, all of a sudden, quarterbacks score, game situation. We've got a rivalry, and that's great. So when you have six division games and all six have a little edge to them that means you've been a really good team for a really long time as we know the Ravens have been so it's good it's fun what do you make you know we talked about the Ravens being a little uneven to start the season what do you make of the the Bengals and they're kind of uneven start I I know a lot of people bring up the Super Bowl hangover thing and I I, who knows how you define that but are are they fine now because they've won back-to-back games or are they still maybe a little bit sluggish and and it's still a little bit weird for them as they kind of adjust to life with the bullseye on their back? Yeah, good question. I don't think anybody's fine right now in the NFL except maybe for Philadelphia. Uh, You know, I've seen warts and holes and issues for every team that we've watched so far play, right? And with with the Bengals, what did they need to fix? They needed to fix their offensive line. So they got four guys, essentially, to rework their offensive line, uh, one through the draft, three through other NFL means. And I think they're better, but they didn't look it in game one for sure against the Steelers. But games three and four, they've been a lot better in protecting Joe Burrow. So that's issue one. Now, issue two is everybody in the league seems to be playing these coverages that allow you short stuff but not deep stuff. And that means you take away stud receivers. So where are we with finding ways to get the ball to Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. I think they're 
going to evolve and move him around as time goes on. So that's a long way and a detailed way of saying the first quarter of the season now, more than ever before, has become about discovery. Self-discovery, who you are, what you do well, and discovery for what other teams do in the league and what they're going to look like. So I think uh, we'll see better ball from the Bengals if they stay healthy through October and November. Uh, another couple minutes here with Mike Tirico as he gets ready for Sunday Night Football on NBC, Ravens-Bengals. Uh, Mike, the, the storyline in Baltimore throughout the week has, of course, been John Harbaugh's decision to go for it on fourth down. I don't know... I don't know how you guys approach this with a broadcast. Like, do you wait for that decision to pop up to start talking about it? Do you lead in saying, hey, I mean, this is a really a major storyline with how aggressive this team has chosen to be in both of their losses this season. There were some critical fourth down calls that were made that did not go their way that turned the tide in a game. And, um, you know, obviously there was the, the, the scene with Marcus Peters at the end of last week's game. Like, how much do you lean into that as you guys prepare for this broadcast? I think it becomes situational. It's when it comes up where then you bring it up at some point after you've established who's playing. You know, for the Ravens fans, these are big details and discussed and dissected all week. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a a Lions fan or a Titans fan or a Rams fan who's tuning in, you may have caught a a highlight of it, but you don't know the scrutiny uh, that that comes with it. So you kind of establish the game first, get there second – always have a plan, but sometimes you adjust the plan for what happens uh, at the moment if it, if it calls for it. You know, I, I think the Ravens have been very analytically based earlier than other NFL teams. I think they've been an aggressive fourth down team. They've dabbled in it. When, they, when you go for it on fourth down and it works, you never reference back to it. Right? When, when you go for it and it doesn't work, it becomes twice as impactful. I'd say overall they're in a stretch right now where a couple haven't worked against them. I think more, more than the decision to go, it's the play call, right? And then the decision within the play call, Lamar throwing a pick there, really changes the percentages. And that's the one thing. We were in the booth Sunday night, and Chris and I right away were getting in, in touch with the pro football focus and our other research guys. We go, okay, what would, I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment, but what were the win percentages right. to kick a field goal? What were the win percentages to go for it on fourth and one and leave them at the one-yard line. But then you have the win percentages if you go for it on fourth and one, and then they end up at the 20-yard line. And there's a variance from fourth and one, leave them at the one, fourth and one, leave them at the 20. So get all that. The, to me, the Marcus Peters stuff, that, that's just – you want to go back and watch the game film, the coach's film of that, and you just see multiple players with hands on head, like, what are we doing? What would you do? We're hmm. trying to let them score, carry them in the end zone, whatever it is. That's just the – the right decision was made by the coaching staff. It was just not executed. So there are cascading issues here. Do I think it's a problem? No. Harbs has done this for 14 years now. Sure. He's 15th. He's been incredibly successful relative to most of the other guys out there. Uh, these are just streaks that you run into that after you've run into so many good streaks, you're going to run into something to balance it out. I, I, you know what? I completely agree with that, Mike. It's as big of a deal as it proves to be moving forward, right? Like right now, right. I, I'm I'm utterly in agreement with you that I can be. We also know Marcus Peters has always been an emotional player, and if anything, he's been, you know, a, 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 a choir boy in Baltimore since he arrived. Like he's been wonderful since his arrival. We know he's an emotional guy, and that, that's okay. It's football. You're allowed to have emotions. If, if hey, you should be you should be mad 
if the decision was we're going to let them score, yeah. give ourselves a chance, and nobody cares. And you missed yeah. that communication, and you missed that. Commu- I, go watch after the first down where they're supposed to let them score, and then Josh Allen takes it, gets the first down. Go watch the the even the TV copy of that. Go watch the top of the screen as Marcus Peters is out there with Stephon Diggs. You can just see him boiling and how upset he is. I'd re- I wouldn't want to see it blow up like that on a sideline necessarily, but I want to see that it matters so much that a game-losing decision, potentially game-losing decision, has you very upset. That means you're invested and you care. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree. Know, this is silly. And as long as as long as there's no more of it, and and I, you know, you hope that as men they got together this week, everybody's good, and you move forward. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not concerned. Yeah. Uh, Mike, hey, you know what? Yeah. That guy's not going to make the mistake again. Right, 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 right no doubt. And, um, and by the way, he nearly got the – that's the crazy part. When you go back and look at the film, he damn near got the fumble. He damn near got it. Yeah. He got yeah. the ball dislodged. Uh, Singletary just managed to hold on to it. Uh, before I let you go, you know we have to ask. Uh, we saw the return of the slide this past Sunday night. Um, can, can we assume that there will be – it's the most electric moment in all of sports television. Can we assume Nobody. that – there's not one. There's not one. There's not one bit of significance to that. Actually, <laughs> so here's here's the deal, and I'll be as brutally honest right. as I can. This internet sensation, which is such a waste of time, but here's the deal. I I prefer opening the broadcast on a two shot because it gives Chris thirty more seconds to talk about the game. Okay. I think you spent three and a half hours with us. I don't think you need to spend thirty in in, a, in a <laughs> earlier time. No, in all seriousness, in an earlier time. I thought the 30 seconds to set up the matchup was significant. In 2022, everybody pretty much knows the story of the teams on a national level. Sure. So I don't think you need that. So my deal was you're going to spend three and a half hours with the two of us. Let's open up the game as a team, as a partnership. And I'd rather Chris have 30 seconds to talk more about the game than telling you that this team won last week and lost the week before. The way the NFL is covered, I think that that has evolved. So that's the way we've approached it. That's the way our producer was all in on that. But like when there's something serious, like the hurricane, or there's right. some big story right. that requires addressing at the top, then we're going to do it that way. Okay. And the slide was great. We can leave it where it was. If Chris has to do it for a game or two or whatever, because it's editorial, that's great. But for the internet meme that doesn't really change anybody's life, uh, I'm not good with that. Uh, you know what? I greatly appreciate that explanation as a broadcaster, no Mike. Problem. I truly. <laughs> I, it's it's there's really pur- well thought. There's purpose to it. Yep. There's purpose to it. The purpose to it is the best analyst in the business who's won 17 Emmys. I want to give him a little more time at the beginning of the show so he doesn't have two sentences on each team. Is, there, is it difficult at all? And, and I know I said I was going to – I promise this is it. Is it difficult okay. at all dealing with the fact that, like, the world – and we deal with this in everything. You know, when I do play-by-play now on the talk show, that we this is you know, heck, the Tonight Show is driven you know by by social and the internet and things like that. Is it is no, it is no. it is it tough to know that like there are people that clamor over this dumb thing that is meaningless in the course of broadcast? No, but... it's fun. It's cool. It was neat. It, it it's great that people had fun with it. Yeah, let it, let it stay where it was. It, our goal is not to do the same show that Al and Chris and Fred Gidelli was the producer and Michelle Tafoya did. They did an amazing show for a dozen years. That was the gold standard in TV. And most of the same principles are there. But if you fail in life when you try to be somebody else. Hmm. So we're trying to do this as the similar bones to the show, right? But with our version of it, 
And one of the things for me was, let's open the shot. Let's open the game on a two shot. We're going to talk for three and a half hours together. So it, let's let's welcome let's welcome the audience together and get a little more out of you. So what the I think the social media thing has been incredibly fascinating, and it's good that people feel engaged. And anytime it's um, things that are I don't know uh, connective and magnetic, like a slide or things like that, that's fun. Um, when, when it's things that are off base, it's kind of silly, but right. you just dismiss it. Right. The slide is was a great gig. It was a, it was cool. It was funny. Does it change the value of the broadcast? Not for a second. Does it change the information the audience gets? Not for a second. So, I'm going to make a decision based on what's the best professional thing to do. Not that a meme is going to go on the internet because at the end of the day, that meme or that whatever you want to put of the Collinsworth slide there doesn't change the job we do the information we get out to the people so it, it, it doesn't matter I just, I've, I've spent more time talking i know about it i know I, I, but I, by the way that, than i ever would have imagined i just feel like i took a mike Tarico masterclass. i feel like i might owe you money for that i feel no, like no, i just no, got no. a broadcast it, it, no it was i'm telling you i feel like if we went to syracuse that would be incredible knowledge from a broad <laughs> like i owe you for that that is that is awesome mike Tarico. Yeah, that and was by, and, by, and by the by the way Kirk doesn't slide in with Al on the Amazon games, right? Right. They open the game right. in the shot without the crowd behind them, right. uh, with, with, with the monitor behind them. When, when we did Notre Dame games, we'd come on from the booth about 14 minutes before kickoff. I did a 30-second open to that because it was the start of the broadcast. We weren't bringing in the analyst, and we were going back down to the field. So it all depends on what, the form, what works for the format, not what works for let's get clicks. I mean, enough of our world is set up for let's get clicks and traction and that that in my opinion in some ways we've lost what we do and that's service the viewer awesome. so hopefully the services the viewer the best by getting 15 18 more seconds of chris setting up the game as opposed to just me setting up the game there and is, you know what that's all good I, i'm with <laughs> it i'm with it we're there to watch the game by the way i gotta tell you there is not a week in my life that goes by i you've had so many legendary calls and i know this one i think i've told you this before there's not a week in my life that goes by that I don't think about Will Hill will score. Will Hill? Will Hill <laughs> will score is one of the most understated, great calls I've ever heard him. It was so perfect in the moment. It was a, a meaning it wasn't maybe it wasn't meaningless. It was a it wasn't a significant Monday night game in New Orleans, but damn. No, no. It was a it was such a perfect call. Of a Will Hill pick six, I think about. I don't know why I think about it constantly, Mike Tarico. I think about it all the time. It was brilliant. Well, I, I, w I would suggest you go to the library and get a few hobbies. You got to expand that. We think you're going a little bit. Uh, uh, it was a f fun game and a fun night for sure. We've had, and that, that's the like you, like you said it before. The joy of this is to be right on the wheel, like you're driving in a NASCAR race, ready for that next moment. You got to react. Yeah. Uh, and I and I and I talk about that all the time. It's the fun of doing games. And candidly, I I miss it not doing as many games as I used to. Uh, I I think you just get better by reps. I really do. And I think when you do fifty or sixty games, you're a better announcer than when you do ten or fifteen. So I love it. I enjoy it. And uh, there's there's no better better part of the week for me than the three and a half hour open book oral exam that we take in front of America. Awesome. How did we study the Ravens and the Bengals for the week? And do we have all the answers? It's, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. I love it. And, 
Can't wait to do it again. Far too kind with your time. Sunday Night Football on NBC, Ravens, Bengals. Mike Tarico, truly appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir. Same, Thank you. Same here. Great, great to connect, and we look forward to a good weekend in Baltimore. Stay well. All right, we can invite Stan the fan back now because uh, Mike's gone. And, uh, I never liked him. I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Apparently, the feeling's mutual, so it, yeah. it worked out all right. Well. Boy, he was fired up about the slide, wasn't he? Oh, man, did he have something to say about that. Uh, I guess that means we assume we're probably not going to see it on Sunday night. <laughs> just if I had to guess. It's a great question. I, th- I thought it was just going to be a nice throwaway at the end, and, boy, he had a he lot. To, he had a lot to say about the old Chris Collinsworth slide. Good stuff. All right, uh, let's do Young Utes. Young Utes is brought to you today by Guilford Hall Brewery. We have been at Guilford Hall now a couple times already this year. It is such an – I mean, it's a gem in our city. You're going to show up and you're going to say, I, I cannot believe this is here. It is an immaculate venue. Um, multiple indoor spaces and outdoor space. Where's it located? 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It, it just pops up. like I, you'll, um, you'll get off and you'll be on North Avenue and you'll be like, I know this part of town. And all of a sudden you'll turn right and you're just like, what the hell? Like, where am I? It is amazing. The beer selection, phenomenal. The uh, Bavarian Food menu, good. outstanding. Um, they got a Halloween party coming up on the 29th. Free to get in, costume contest, live music. Find out more at guildfordhall.com. I cannot you, encourage you. you going more. as Draymond Green <laughs> or Jordan Poole? Uh, I'm, a, I'm team Jordan Poole on this one for sure. I mean, I, it's easy to say he's the one that got sucker punched, but like... He's also the guy that has more value at the moment than Draymond Green does. It's such a weird I, – I don't know what to make of it. I don't know how they solve that I, one. I think the Warriors will, do, Warriors will do everything in their power to work it out somehow. Like, I don't think this will just be them saying, that's it, you got to go. I mean, Draymond Green's been around for too long. They put up with too much he's over the years. He's an important piece of their engine. Correct. Man. I mean, he's the energy guy. But he's stunk for that the most was, part last year. That was really something else. So, um, yeah, I think they'll do their best to work it out. But I love Guilford Hall Brewery, guildfordhall.com. What you got for us? What are the young youths talking about, Micah? All right, so the first thing I've got today is a trend that's been going on for a couple years, and that is celebrity boxing. So have you seen anything about the new card? The next celebrity boxing card. I feel card. like I saw something. I do. Why do I feel like Anderson Silva is boxing one of the Paul brothers? Yeah. So the main card has been out for like a week or two weeks, and okay. that is Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Okay. And then yesterday they just released one of the undercard fights, which has some has some Baltimore relevance. Oh, uh, it was a running back from recent years. A terrible, oh, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Yes, Le'Veon Bell is fighting former UFC fighter Uriah Hall. Uh, I remember Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall had one of the more remarkable nar- knockouts of all time, if I remember correctly. Who you was are that, correct. Griffin? Who, um, who he. Did- oh, was it the? Was it when Chris Weidman broke his leg? Is that the one you're that's thinking not, of? That's not the one I'm thinking yeah, I'm of. Tr- I'm trying to – because he has – he also beat Anderson Silva in Anderson Silva's I, I final remember, fight, I, but I, that wasn't like a crazy But I feel like he had like out. a spinning head kick uh, knockout years ago before he was in like the main event picture, and it was the type of thing that I talked about for like months because it was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, you're right. Right. You're right. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. he knocked out Adam Sella. Thank you. Appreciate that. I know I'm not crazy. Has Bell had – Many I other feel fights? like he had another fight, didn't he? he? Didn't he? he did he fight once. Adrian Peterson? Yes, and he knocked him out in the fifth round. Okay, so but this is his pro debut. 
Yeah, this is that's what they're saying. The Le'Veon Bell quote that was crazy to me is he said, Uriah Hall is going to feel my punching power and tap out like he's getting submitted. He's not built like me. This guy, I feel like your eye hall's gotten your eye hall's gotten punched before. Um, yeah, yes. I don't. I refuse to participate in these things. Like, I this is the problem for me is I actually like boxing, right? So I hate everything about this. I refuse. It bums me out because I'll talk to guys who fight. Like a few Baltimore fighters have fought on the undercards of Jake or Logan Paul fights. Like uh, Lorenzo Simpson fought on an undercard. I'm pretty sure Travis Hawkins fight on an undercard. I know his team, Rockman Jr. Um, in fact, the Seam Rockman Jr. was supposed to fight uh, uh, Jake Paul, if I remember correctly, um, and then couldn't get under 220 pounds, so it didn't work out. And I know that's a good payday for them, and I know that like they get exposure and all that, but I just hate everything about it so much. It's such a travesty that we consider this to be some sort of sporting competition. It drives me Everybody else seems to love it. I, I'm very much old man yelling at Cloud when it comes to this. I'll definitely be watching. Um, not sure I'll be doing it in the most uh, legal fashion. I don't know but, if that's uh, something you should admit out loud, Griffin. Like, I can admit it. God. Um, no, I will, not, me. I, will <laughs> not, I will not be invested at all in any of this. This does nothing for me whatsoever. It drives me. What was the fight that we went to your house and watched, Dan? What was the... Oh, was, God, uh, that was Floyd Mayweather. And Conor McGregor, uh, right? Oh, good yeah. one. Oh, what, a, what a ridiculous. Gross. Oh, just gross. Stan spent money on that. Stan. Don't you owe me no, 20 you, bucks? You, I, I owed you beer, and I'm pretty sure nobody drank. I, I did the bit where somebody I, You brought somebody that brought like two six-packs or something. Uh, I think I brought Simon. Oh, was, uh, Simon. Yeah, I think Simon. I brought Simon had to marry him, right. And I had him bring beer for me. Who'd you bet on, Stan? I, I wouldn't bet that fight. I oh, okay. so I don't even know what it was possessed one of those me. You really couldn't bet because like the right. odds were so right. absurd. There was no real betting benefit to it. God, it sucked. Oh, it was just awful. And like, you know, you're waiting around all night for this fight. I want to say Gervonta was on the undercard, and that was a big deal. That I want to say. I wonder if that was why we did. Right. That was why we I'm pretty did sure the, okay. the second to last yeah, fight yeah, was a Gervonta right. exactly fight, right. and that was the reason why we all decided we were going to watch it. That's right. You're waiting around, and then you get to this fight, and you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we here? What is this? Ah, God. I still feel hinky about that. So, no, I will not. Refuse to, and I hate everything about it. I hate it. I hate it. What happened to boxing? It used to be real. Sorry. It's very I, this is one of my eternal old man yells at cloud things. Too much money now. Yeah. I mean so what so we do should we just let the Paul brothers play baseball now? Yeah. Should we just let them infiltrate like every sport? I Next mean, year we, the uh, the Spurs I mean, stink. Pe- the Spurs are terrible. Their their win lo- uh, loss number is 22 and a half this year at FanDuel. Maybe they should just let Jake Paul play cuz hey people will watch, right? And people will spend money on it. So maybe the Spurs should just like Jake Paul play basketball for them. There yeah. were talks of him getting a uh, NFL tryout God, too. Oh, so. Damn, I hate I The hate Paul it. one of the Paul brothers? Jake. Wow. He wanted to play I corner. I mean, yeah, people are going to watch. People hate, people would every, eat that up. Everything. If the Ravens I need hate. help in the secondary. Oh, Jake Paul will. By the way, the uh, one of those dudes is going to end up being president one day. We are effed. We are screwed. We have no ability. They're, they're famous, so they. We just got to watch them because they're famous. I, I was trying to explain to somebody how the Liver King is famous the other day because we were talking about. So uh, Tim from Bel Air suggests that we should do a Liver, liver King themed bet. Where we have to dress up as the guy and then eat like penis, you know what oh I mean? Like eat whatever, 
n- nonsensical things this man eats. Testicles, and, yes, baby. a lot of testicles. Oh, I don't and wanna. so the the guy, somebody I was talking to, was like, "So how exactly is Liver King famous?" And I was like, "Well, the internet." And he was like, "Right, but how?" And I was like, "You know what, man? I don't know." He does sensational things he's online. Just, he's like, just famous by and claiming the, he's natty and eating raw liver. And and if you do that, you get to be famous. That's the way that it works now. You don't have to be good at something. You don't have to be skilled. You just get to be famous. He is pretty jacked. He's pretty jacked. He's jacked. Nobody's arguing with that. But the way is he doing something redeemable for society? I could not tell you. I don't know. I just know he's, that he he's muscular and he eats penises. He's giving us content. Thank you, thank you, Griffin. What I. I I don't have an answer. All right, what's next? All right, so moving on from celebrity boxing to music. This one's about a rapper and singer who's been popular for years now named Kid Cudi. I'm familiar. You know Kid Cudi? I'm very familiar with Kid Cudi. Have you not heard my no. Kid Cudi story? I don't think what's so. What's your Kid Cudi story? I went out with Kid Cudi. What? nuh Yeah, and Aaron Paul. 100%. Oh, wait, no, what? you did tell me this. Yeah. You did tell yeah. me this. Aaron I do remember Paul, this. Uh, we did a, they were, the year of the Super Bowl was in New York. Um, Aaron Paul and Kid Cudi were promoting i want to say it was the need for speed movie and they came over and they sat with us at the table and they were great they had a lot of fun and later in the day aaron paul after he had done the ringer and like went and done a hundred interviews walked back to the table and was like dude we had a lot of fun with you like what are you guys doing later and i was like i I don't know (laughs) said well we're gonna be at this whatever rooftop if you want to come out and I remember joking with Luke Jones, like, they're not actually going to be there. Like, there's no way. But we went. We showed up. They were there. They were they were very cool. I did the bit where, like, I said hello and then left. Like, I didn't linger. I, I, I always think that, like, it's polite to invite somebody, but then they don't really want dumb Glenn Clark hanging out with them all night. That would become my party. Yeah, I, I politely, I said, hey, man, really appreciate it. And we, they were great guys. I, I like both of them a great deal. All right. So, Kid Cudi recently... <laughs> I don't know. There's no other. That's pretty cool. There's there's no great. There's no like great end to the story. There's no like, and we we went out and ripped it up for. We went to strip clubs or anything like that. Did meth together or something like that. I'm just jealous and mad. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. uh, It was very cool. Um, so he recently just dropped his album called Intergalactic, paired with a Netflix movie. Beastie Boys have an album called Intergalactic. Enter well. Enter Galactic. Enter Galactic. And it came with a Netflix animated movie. Um, but then he recently went on a Hot Ones interview to promote yeah. the album, and the quote from him says, "I just don't know if I want to do music, drop albums for too much longer. You know, I'm kind of nearing an end on all things Kid Cudi." Well, what does that mean? So though? Like, could be retired sad, yeah. to go do what? But that's to become what, a celebrity boxer? No, this is what I was gonna. <laughs> Hopefully not. Take one guess to guess what he wants his career to be after music. A botanist. Stan, any guesses? What's that now? Yeah. What? <laughs> Any guesses for this rapper's he's career? Gonna, he's no, gonna no. he's gonna be a museum curator. No, I should have left thirty seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> so he followed it up by saying, But it would be cool to like one day be a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Kid Cuddy wants to be a kindergarten, kindergarten teacher. teacher. Yeah, there sure. Why not? Well, I mean, why not? He's a good guy. I think he'd be a great I'm, kindergarten I'm, teacher. You know what? What an honor. I just thought that was an interesting I would career love to switch. have my kids if I had kids taught by kids. I mean, it would be cool like, if I walked into St. Joseph's today and I dropped all my kid off at class and we were like, uh, this is my teacher, Mr. Cuddy. And I was like, wait, what? Mr. Mr. Mess Cuddy. Remember that rooftop? Yeah, I know. Would he, rem- would he recognize yeah, you, think? I don't think so. I can't imagine. That'd be pretty cool. It was cool. I mean, it was a decade ago. It was a long time ago. 
Um, uh, look, man, whatever. It's it's way better than the path that Kanye West has taken. Yeah. So, oh, you know man. what? I'm all I... in. I'm all in. Let Kid Cudi retire from music and go be a teacher. It's far better than that. And what's number three? All right. So this one is about Fashion Week, but not the not the <laughs> Kanye West track. I'm taking it a different route. God. Uh, so did you see any of Balenciaga's mud fashion show? I assure you I did not. So, <laughs> I assure you I have what I, no clue. I assumed you and Stan were yeah. big on Fashion Week. Yeah. Well, Stan, well, Stan actually was there. He had to oh, fly really? back from Fashion Week. Uh, he, to teach kindergarten. He flew all the way back when he heard Mike DeRico was going to be on this show, so it's a little awkward. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. so wait, wait till you hear how fun it sounds. So he did the fashion show, the designer did, for Balenciaga, and it was completely covered in mud. So listen to this quote from New York Times. Picture you just flew to Paris. I actually think Paris. I might be in on this. Picture, wait till you hear the quote. You flew to Paris, got a nice hotel. You're ready for the Fashion Week fashion show from Balenciaga. This is talking about the designer. It says, he decided to truck in more than 9,700 cubic feet of black mud harvested from a bog and dump it in the middle of a convention center on the outskirts of Paris. No, why not? It was smushed onto the walls, sliding down the sides of an enormous trough and dug into a shallow catwalk along the edge, seeping with water. The air was pungent with a special scent created to enhance the smell of decomposition. And slime was oozing across the aisles. Guests picked their way carefully to their seats, terrified of wiping out. That's fashion, baby. I think I'm good. It's I, think I, I think I'm all right. I was getting, uh, I was getting some some stuff on the internet about uh, how I dressed with the the puma, the uh, the uh, panda uh, don't. Uh, what are they called? Panda, panda dunks. 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 The other night, you already forgot. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just gonna go ahead and be me. If this is where we're headed, if I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm just gonna be all right. Wearing khakis and a polo shirt. Uh, thank you, Micah. That uh, it both disturbs me greatly and was yet somehow a solid representation of what the young people are all about. So, I uh, it's frightening. T- yes, it's absolutely correct. frightening. It's terrifying of, about where we are. All right. Uh, today's show has also been brought to you by the. Ooh, this one's been brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. The best place to watch and bet on all of the football this weekend. But they get big crowds, so you want to reserve your table, reserve your reclining chairs by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, tubular, and then segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. It's Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face you're about to hear segment three of the tyus bowser show with mark andrews i know you gotta hang tight with me we will be announcing the next date for the tyus bowser show we just had a couple of scheduling snafus that came up so we're nailing it down right now. We it will probably be two weeks from now, but we're just trying to put some finishing touches on it. Bear with us. We will give you at least a week's notice of when and where the next Tyus Bowser show will be. Tyus Bowser show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by our friends at Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Um, Stan, this was a question from Paul in Ovilando. Uh, uh, the Orioles, of course, uh, have a new pitching lab. Wants to know what you think of what kind of impact it already has or will have on pitching throughout the system. Well, clearly, uh, Chris Holt and the analytical side of uh, whatever it is they work on, I call it kind of the secret sauce, mm -hmm. has had some great impact on uh, some pitchers in this organization. The way Chris Holt has turned Dean Kramer around, Austin Voth, uh, Boyd uh, found a way to get Felix Bautista mm -hmm. to be able to throw the ball over the plate. He's a, he's a terrific teacher. And I think today's younger players are really willing to listen to the input from these analytical people that how to how to maximize what it is they do best and limit the damage. And I think they've done a, a pretty good job. And I would imagine that this lab will just further that work. 
Um, John Little Rock, the alternate stream with Hannah Storm and An- Andrea Kramer, way better on Prime Video than the Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet broadcasts. I have not, I have not taken a listen, but perhaps it's something that I'll give a shot to next week. So now, wait, wait a minute. That's the they're doing a broadcast like the K Rod thing, kind of like yeah. that. But I think they do one that's m- more like play by play. But they're actually doing the Thursday yes, night prime game. Yeah, they're doing. And the where do you night. watch that one? I I guess they give you when you pull up the game. Oh, you could have an they option. They give you the okay. option to watch because okay. they were also doing. I, I want to say like a dude perfect broadcast. Uh-huh. Um, and it's Andrea Kramer and who? And Hannah Storm. Hannah Storm. I like both of them a great deal. I think yeah. it's semi like the Manning cast. I mean, I think you're right. Like I'm they, pretty sure I know they, they do more of a game. I know they broadcast. had Von Miller on during the game yesterday. Okay. All right. um, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch any right. of it either. Um, I, well then, but I think they still like try to do like interviews of relevant people to the game. They had him on the Hannah Storm Andrea Kramer version or on the Dude Perfect version? Von Miller? I'm pretty sure it was last night. I understand that, but uh, they're doing multiple. Oh, they, they had a Dude Perfect and a Hannah Storm? Yeah, yeah wow. they've always, they've done the, Han- the Hannah Storm Andrea Kramer one for a couple years now. On Amazon, and I'm pretty sure it's just more of like a game broadcast. Oh, now maybe they've changed it now that they have the traditional game broadcast. I will on check Amazon it out next well. week and have a better report on it. I, I'm not. I am. I don't know. I don't know all the details. I haven't watched, but it might be a way to go because you're right. This broadcast isn't doing much for me. And uh, John Proctor lets me uh, points out that we should be prepared for the uh, Jake Paul Kim Kardashian presidential <laughs> ticket in 2032. In fairness, Kim Kardashian actually appears to have a platform. Like she actually appears to be doing some good in the world and trying to help um, with prison reform and things along those lines. I'm not sure what Jake Paul has to offer the world, which is, of course, why he'll definitely end up being the president of the country because that's how we do things around here. And apparently, uh, I was wrong, Intergalactic was on the Beastie Boys album, Hello Nasty. So thank you, John, for letting me know. It was a song. It was a great song. But it was on Hello Nasty. All right, tidbit brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. The chicken schnitzel, the Bavarian burger on the pretzel bun, as well as the brewer sausage sandwich, the brewer sausage platter, the slam dunk pretzels, the cheddar ale soup, all delicious. GloryDaysGrill.com. Get your order in right now. All right, uh, so I got the well, – actually, I meant to ask earlier. How's the chair? Ah, it has not fallen apart, and that's. I just think we start with that. It's a little disconcerting when Micah the mic was carrying yes. it over, and the, the <laughs> it, bottom it steering wheel right like, fell off. Yeah, that, that actually didn't happen. No, that, I, so. I saw it. It did happen, <laughs> no. and it made me quite. I made Micah sit in the chair first after. That was smart. So Griffin did most of the work. Micah, I helped him slightly. Micah helped him more significantly putting together this chair this morning that I forgot I needed to put together during the course of the week. And I said, uh, Micah, go ahead, give that thing a test ride. And it seemed like, you know, Micah's a, a big, strong boy. You know, like he's, he's, he's good. So I was like, oh, if you can handle Micah, it's going to be fine for me. And then, yes, I did see as he brought it over, it. The bottom part Notice of the chair. I didn't I didn't move to say, Hey, yeah, that's the uh, new chair. Let me right. give you it, your old chair yeah, back. I didn't notice I was a that. little nervous. I'm about good though. That. It's been a nice uh, this has worked out uh, quite fine. And how's uh, my back feels much better than it did last Friday. So oh, we got uh, that we got seriously, that. Seriously, that stool is it's it was murdered. Awful. Me. Yeah. Awful. All right. Uh, Griffin. uh all right. So uh you guys are familiar with the uh forty forty club in baseball. Right. I am also familiar with the Mile High Club. Familiar with both things. Okay. Well, the, four, the uh, I'm actually referring to the 40. I'm not 40 a member club. of the Mile High Club. I want to make that clear. I'm not. Guys that have hit 40 home runs and then <laughs> Micah was so happy for me, like I'd accomplished something in my I was life. Like, Let's go. Glenn. Good for you, Glenn. <laughs> okay. So the 40 home run club yes. and the 40 games missed club 
What? Yeah. So you hit 40 home runs and Despite, you played and you, and you didn't Mike play. Trout in, yes. Is, so so Mike Trout joined this elute this exclusive club uh this this past year in 2022 where he played he played fewer than 120 games. So he is the fourth player to play fewer than 120 games um and and hit 40 home runs and then there are a couple of guys that have missed 40 home so they like played like exactly 120 21. So I'm kind of grouping everyone together. And calling There's it the 40 been 40. four players, and Trout is one of them. Yes, that have played fewer than 120 games, and then there are then there's one more fellow that uh that uh, has missed 40 games, but he played like at least 120 and hit 40. Byron games. Buxton so. would would have made the list had I not acquired him. Yeah, in the trade. son of a yeah. bitch, way yeah. to go. Yeah. So I'm looking for five guys right now. So I'm looking for. I mean, yeah, we're all looking, looking for, for five guys. Some, it's lunchtime. <laughs> what are we doing? We're going to glory days. Ah, I do prefer, prefer yeah. glory days. So there's five more players that have hit 40 home runs play, and missed 40, 40 games. I, I have no idea. Is Soriano one of them? Soriano is not one of them. He is in the real 40-40 club where okay. he stole yeah. 40 bases. Okay. He's most recent to do so. I'll is say Canseco one Canseco's, of them? he's in the real 40-40 club. Griffey. Okay. does uh, Griffey is in the forty home run, forty missed club okay. because of the nineteen ninety four yeah, strike. The oh, the oh, I forgot about ninety four. Mm-hmm. So there's a second guy that also Bagwell ninety four, not Bagwell. Frank Thomas, not Frank Thomas. Juan Gonzalez, not Juan Gonzalez. Was a, that, that was a good guess. He was a San Francisco Giants. He was a Giant in ninety four. Matt Williams? Matt Williams. Matt Williams. I didn't realize Matt Williams. I didn't realize he hit 40 home runs that year. That's crazy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Matt Williams was going to have a 50 home run season? Holy crap. Matt Williams is a heck of a player, but I didn't. I'm trying to think of some of the guys that. There's a guy that did it the pat in. There's two guys actually on this list that did it. Mark McGuire? Not Mark McGuire. In the past five years, there are two guys on this list. Did in the past. Five, five years. Yes. Uh, Harper. Uh, not Harper. Stanton. Not Stanton. One of them is a former Oriole. One of them Nelson is Cruz. Nelson Cruz in twenty nineteen. Good, Good call. Hit forty plus and missed forty games. And then another guy is a guy that everyone's saying they would like to see the Orioles sign this offseason. J D Martinez. J D Martinez in twenty seventeen. And then one more guy did it in the seventies. Hit forty. Didn't play. Missed forty games. Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. Early seventies. Early seventies. Not, not a Baltimore connection. Is uh, it? no. Okay. Right, uh, we, I, you got it. You're you got a dentist appointment, so we got to go. Oh yeah. Uh, uh Hank Aaron. Okay. Nineteen seventy three. Nineteen seventy three. That was a good one. Impressive. All right. We uh, did pretty good on that. We did do I mean, fairly th- well on. We didn't that. throw out yeah. too many guests. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, well he did. helped us a little bit, but yeah. you know. I still can't believe Matt Williams. Yeah. I'm my mind is truly blown by Matt Williams being on. He would have hit 53 home runs that season. That yeah. is nuts. All right, um, here's what's coming up. Totally tubular wise. Totally tubular is brought to you by. Ooh, you know what? I think we have we done everything, Griffin. Have I done all the? Oh, Ginsu. I need to do another yes. Ginsu, don't I? Uh, the Ginsu, all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. This Sunday, if you're headed to the game, you going to the game on Sunday, Stan? I certainly will be there. It's supposed to be um, crisp, but not unpleasant. Supposed to get down in the mid 40s, I believe. Oh, I didn't know it was supposed to get down that yeah. low. Oh my, that is that's gonna feel cold. But it's gonna be Sunday. like 60 during the yeah in during, the 60s in, during, the, during day. the day. So yeah. it won't be horrible. Um, it's a right. layer day. Definitely a Light layer layer day for yeah. sure. 
If you're head to the game, stop by the Game Day Firehouse at the Firefighters Union Hall just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street, and get a sample of the cooking from the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Try some food, enter to win your own Ginsu Kamado ceramic grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. And, of course, if you use the code TAILGATE right now at GinsuGrills.com, you'll save $100 when you pre-order your own Ginsu Kamado grill. All right, busy weekend. A lot going on with the playoffs and football. Terp, Terps, I'm going to be out at the Terps are game you going tomorrow. Out? Gary right. Stein and big, I are going to make our uh, season debut Very out nice. there. Here's the baseball schedule. Right now on ESPN, Rays Guardians game one. It's Shane McClanahan and Shane Bieber. Uh, then game one between... A battle of the, the Shanes. Shanes. Yes, Shane and Shane. <laughs> uh, Mariners-Blue Jays game one at four. Luis Castillo, Alec Manoa. Uh, Padres-Mets game one at eight. You Darvish and Max Scherzer. ABC... For game one of the Phillies and Cardinals at two, Zach Wheeler and Jose Quintana. Um, I'll let the best of the baseball, you can find that at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, the stand points out, Maryland-Purdue, noon on Big Ten Network. Navy hosts Tulsa at 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. Towson's at Elon at two on Flow Sports. Morgan's at home against Norfolk State at one. Um, Sunday. NBC, of course, for Bengals-Ravens at 8.20. The local TV games, CBS at 1 o'clock for Steelers-Bills. Fox has Falcons-Buccaneers at 1, and then Cowboys-Rams at 4.25. Don't forget another London game on Sunday morning, NFL Network at 9.30 a.m. for Giants-Packers as well. Everything else, just go to glennclarkradio.com. You'll find it there. Anything that stands out non-sports-wise? Yeah, we need we need Griffin again. Yeah. Uh, well, Tals- Towson Dodgeball has a home tournament on Sunday. Thank you. So Thank you. That's all, all that anybody will care about. Yes. It's the biggest yeah. event of the weekend. And that's it. That's it? No, uh, Lord of the Rings episode, obviously. There's a Netflix movie. Who is movie. the guy hosting Saturday Night Live that I'm supposed to pretend like I know? Brendan Gleeson. Who is that? I oh, he's t- great. He was, Who is he? He played... Uh, Trump, uh, he right? He played Trump in, in something. Yeah. He's, he's done some... Um, oh, God. What was the name of the movie he did with... Um, that's that's when you know you're starting. He was in Paddington too. Oh, well, that if you had told me that, <laughs> I'm a, he, he did he, watch that a hundred Bru- times in Bruges. Oh, he was okay. He was the main guy in Bruges, oh, the right. the assassin. All right. That was a long time ago. Why is he hosting Saturday probably, Night Live? No, uh, it was Connor. Uh, who was in that with him? The young, uh, uh, handsome guy. Oh God, it's not quite as young anymore. Um. Oh man. Uh, it Colin, was Colin, Colin Farrell. Thank you, Colin Farrell. Thank you. Yes, I started to say yeah. Colin Firth. Yes, no, not I, Colin Firth. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's promoting. All I wrote, the only note I wrote was that he has some Irish thing coming up. He's a so. he's a terrific, <laughs> terrific actor. I just I saw Good. I saw the announce like on last week they did the promo and next week and they were like and Brent I'm like I don't know who that is. Yeah, musical guest wh- Willow Smith. Okay, so. she just dropped an album last yes. night. New I album from Willow. Willow and Brendan Gleeson yes. did it Get together. Up. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> well Brendan, it's the Brendan's you've been, been for. teaching uh, kindergarten. Correct, like with last, Kid Cudi. The last few By the way, it's 1228. We still haven't even played the Tyus yes, Bowser. Uh, there's a re- we got to go. There's a Redeem Team documentary yeah. on Netflix, and then the Luckiest oh, Girl Live right. movie, which is Mila Kunis. Is, okay. Does she, does she make out with Natalie Portman? Um, No. Okay, no, then I will probably pay. No. Dra- drum, dramatic movie. Sure. Stan the fan. Uh, Monday. Uh, no power rankings. No power rankings because they're yeah. done for the year. Uh, Ross and I will be on at six o'clock Monday with. Um, we hope Ken Singleton. I love Ken Singleton. That's Not sure yet. Tremendous. We got one part of that equation. We got to talk to Ken. That, you know what? That would be important. <laughs> got to make sure he's on board. Uh, of course, you will be on tomorrow morning with uh, Paul and Zach yeah. on the bat around ten noon. So make sure you're tuned in for that. 
Uh, I will be doing post-game on 105.7 The Fan on Sunday night. I was given a big... This is very nice of them. If the game runs really late, you can cut it short and end at 1 a.m. It's very kind. And then you're back on Monday morning. I'll be back here Monday morning, 100%. And I'll be doing a Project Game Day at halftime at Facebook.com. Why don't you sleep here Monday? Big's that couch out there. I'm not sure if if that's the play for me or not. That couch stars in something. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm going (laughs) to stay away from sleeping on that couch. All right. Thanks today to Mike Tarico. Thanks also to Bo Smolka. Thanks as yeah, well. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> thanks to Mike Smith. We'll get all of it up in the uh, greatest hit section of the TavikLenClarkRadio.com. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, the Maryland Five Star, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Stan, at StanTheFan on Twitter. Thanks to Micah, Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin, Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Uh, go local uh, football teams. House and Dodgeball. Sure. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We end today's show, the longest show we've ever done in the history of the program, segment three of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Mark Andrews. And welcome back in here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. Press box and 105.7 The Fan. We are live at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. If you have not been to Guilford Hall, man, you got to get out of here. It is amazing. GuilfordHall.com. Indoor, outdoor, trivia, yappy hour. They got it all going on during the week. An amazing beer list as well. GuilfordHall.com. Tyus Bowser, Mark Andrews, Rita and Glenn with you. I have a question for you, Tyus. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night, you guys are playing a football game, and the Ravens just announced <laughs> that Nelly is going to be there at halftime. <laughs> Rita is not inspired at all. Rita hates it. Why? Nelly is my age. Okay. That song that he's going to sing was relevant 20 years ago. And it's still a great song. It's not. Let's let's be honest about it. Are you a hater? Okay. Let me tell you why. Because, you know, that was the song. You know, that's the song. That's the squirrel song. You know how many times we've had to hear that over the years? Yeah. I'm tired. You're going to hear a lot more of it. Clearly. (laughs) A lot more of it. So I suggested... I, have you guys seen the new TikTok trend where the Baltimore kids be dancing and they, they have this dance called the Park Heights Strut? No. You never say, I'm going to show it to y'all. Okay. I suggest that they just get a DJ at halftime and get all the Baltimore dancers come out and do the Park Heights Strut. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, before. my goodness. I feel like it would be better than Nelly doing hot in here. You sure you want to be on her side about the whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing now? You sure you still, you, <laughs> oh you, it's not too late to come over to your pal Glenn's side at now, this point. Now, are you She's telling me you me like right Nelly? No, come on. I mean, Mark, do you not, li- no, seriously, do you like Nelly? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, shout out to Nelly, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Do you listen to Nelly's music is, in 2022? I mean, listen, but this is, does that mean, like, are you, when you see that today, are you like, wow, that's cool? Or is it more I, like, ah, who cares? I got a football game. Like, It was surprising because I seen it on, I seen it on social media. I seen it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, dang, we having a whole halftime concert and Nelly out there. I was like, okay, that's dope. But like you just said, we got a football game. Yeah, right, you got so. other things to worry yeah. about. There were a lot of, I'm not, I want to make this very clear. I am in no way is comparing 
Nelly to Beyonce. I want to make that abundantly oh, of clear. Course. I'm of not, course. I just want to make sure I, they're not similar. There were a lot of dudes when the Ravens were in the Super Bowl last time that were trying to sneak back out at halftime oh. to watch Beyonce because she did the halftime show. You like may that. or may not be playing on Sunday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is there any chance that, like, if you're not, you try to wander back out to catch a little bit of Nelly at halftime? I could. I could just go out there and check them out, see see how the fans is, you know, the vibe and all of I that. I think people are going to be. I think, I think it'll be cool. I think, I think Rita's a really cool. Nelly is not performing Tip Drill, and if you know the song that I'm talking about, then you, you understand what I mean. So Nelly you, if you won't be songs, missing though. much. Nelly has some other songs, though. Okay. So he's Tell not going to just play the one song for three minutes and then leave. <laughs> but that's the one song that, they, that's the last song we're going to hear. You know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Got to get the fans fired up for the second half. It's getting hot. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> oh, we ain't taking no clothes off. It's too cold out there to be taking some clothes off. No, we ain't going to do that. Mark, you could book anyone. We'll say it's for a post-game concert, so you could actually enjoy it. Instead of a halftime show, which you won't be able to watch, you could book anybody in the world to come play a post-game concert after a game. Who would you want it to be? Kodak. Kodak Black, man. I mean, did you get to meet him when he was in the... I was was beside him hanging out and stuff, but that was about it. I didn't really just talk to him or nothing like that. Mark, did you get a chance to... Yeah, it was just around, man. Everybody in our locker room was just hyped up. We were excited, man. So, yeah, that was a, that was a cool moment. But All right. That would that'd be, that'd be a good one for us. Definitely. Mark, we like to play a game, uh, like, who's the most famous person in your phone? Like, Marlon had Quavo from Migos on in his phone, <laughs> which I think is the winner so far. Anybody that you would? None, man. I... Uh, all my famous people I know through football, so uh, Marlon's got me beat there. Yeah, I think he's got everybody beat. I think it's going to be hard to top that at any point this season. It'd yeah. be super random if at some point somebody was like, yeah, I got Michael Jordan's number. <laughs> like, hey, you'd be surprised. It's, it's a lot of guys in there that know some people now. Yeah, yeah it's a real. A lot of guys who know some big-name people. Okay, is there somebody that, like, you – is there someone that's friends with someone that's famous enough – that you've tried to glom on in any way? Like, nah, okay. nah, that ain't never been me, man. Ain't never been me, but I mean, if the opportunity came up where I was with them and they was around, then of course, you If know. you found out that someone was friends with Beyonce, for example, that's the that's the Houston connection. I yeah, know yeah, you Houston know. Connection. I know you know a cousin, a play cousin. I know a few people who's like been in that that realm around her, but not personally. Okay. Yeah, I know Beyonce. No, I ain't, I ain't been around none of that. I want to make this abundantly clear. If at some point you let on that you're friends with Beyonce, I'm going to glom on. Like, I just yeah. need you to know, like, I'm going to attempt to I would, be like... I would definitely like to meet Jay-Z, though. You know, kind of pick his brain. That was a big... So that was the, so they came to the Ravens Super Bowl party Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. And everybody got to hang out afterwards. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Carrie Williams who was like... I tried to tell my daughter we should say goodbye to them, and she didn't have a clue. She just thought, like, we'll see them tomorrow. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. Like, that's just, that's crazy. we're friends now. Oh, wow. Like, you don't understand. I don't need to say goodbye. I can just say, I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. At I'll see point. you tomorrow, Beyonce. Right? Jay-Z, I'll see y'all. Yeah, you know, next nice time. to meet you. Yeah, see nice you tomorrow. to meet you. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, big game, obviously, on Sunday. Yep. The Bengals. First of all, let's talk about, like, night games in general. Mm-hmm. It, it, most players tell me that they just prefer playing one. Like, you're just used to it. Like, yeah. it's the whole system thing. What yeah. does night game mean to you? 
I feel like the only downside of night games is that you have to wait till nighttime to play. Yeah. Especially when you get in that mode and you just ready to get out there and play football. But just being under the lights, seeing all the fans out there, and just the feeling, uh, you know, how it is playing on a Sunday night, man. It, it's just a different type of vibe. It's a different type of mood that, that you put yourself in. So I love them, man. I love playing under the lights. I love showing what I can do, showing what this team can do, man. And we're trying to make something happen. Mark, what about you? Yeah, it's just that extra energy, especially in – M&T in, in, in Baltimore, they do a great job of just, just the fans being there and the light shows that they have they put on and just yeah. the whole atmosphere is, is wild. So uh, we know that when it's, it's Sunday night, um, you know, 8 o'clock around that time when it's time to kick off, you know, it's, it's go time. I was going to ask, do you guys get, it, like, do you like the light shows and everything they do for the night? Yeah. Like, do you guys I pay attention it. to it? Absolutely. You yeah. know, they, they try to act like y'all big and bad, but I feel like y'all enjoy that stuff, too. Of no, course we do. Yeah, I think and it's... Nelly. <laughs> Enough. No. Friend. No, but I think it was the, um, the Cleveland game of last year. Yes. I was with a... I want to say it was a break during one of the quarters and they turned off the lights and had a little light show. And I was just talking with Dafe like, man, like just seizing the moment and just seeing all the fans with the lights going on and just like, man, we're in this predicament of playing this game of football with all these fans here. And you just see, you just, you just embrace, you just take it all in and you just, you just really see how appreciative you are to be around these guys and to be being present yeah just yeah. being present man that was like the coolest part yeah. that's cool that's real cool a tyus bowser show press box 1057 the fan brought to you by maryland vascular specialists their team of surgeons is maryland's leaders in ethical arterial procedures uh you guys both know what raven steelers has been all about um after last year like are you feeling something related to the Bengals where that could be like the game for the next five years or something like that, that, that this is, there's a little bit more here than maybe there is to another game. I mean, it's, it's, always, been, it's always been a thing with us with the Bengals. Um, there's, there's, some, there's some tough, I don't know, man. There's some bad blood with them, especially how we went out last There's year. There's bad blood with everybody yeah. in, our, in our division. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. yeah. But just, but just I how they think Mark's got a bad blood with everyone when he walks on a football field. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just the way that they came out, knowing how well we play against them, and they just felt some type of way. So um, we're trying to come back at them this, this week, you know, just to make sure that that's not a fluke. You know, I get that. So I get that. Mark, what it, like going through that a year ago and seeing how they've kind of risen up. Like once upon a time, we used to make fun of the Bengals around these parts. Like that. Yeah, what, we used to call them the Bungles. Right. Like, <laughs> what does this now mean now moving forward? I think for us and and the point where that we're at in the season and and really any time you start you know playing all these games, it's it's one game at a time. It's one day at a time. It's one play at a time. Um, not looking too far ahead because when you play in this in this league, it's there's a lot of great players, there's a lot of great teams. You can't take anybody lightly, and and especially in our division when we know that um, you know someone says like these games counts as two, you know, so it it means that much more. There's that much more energy. Um, it's going to be that much more of a play playoff like atmosphere. So um, there's more at stake. Yeah. Mark, we saw a video from the Patriots game of a young man that was in the stands that appeared to be a, a Patriots fan, but yet he was wearing your jersey, and he held up a poster that said T1D. 
And I think most people are familiar with your journey and what you go through every day um, living with type 1 diabetes. But that moment was really quite touching for me because this is a dude that roots for an, a kid that roots for another team, but yet was dying to meet you. Can you explain, like, when you interact? I know somebody came up to you tonight and was talking to you about their own journey. Like, what that means to you and what it meant to see a kid who's like a huge Patriots fan but was there wearing your jersey and wanting to spend time with you? Man, for me, it's just, just, um, just letting them know and letting you know, people with type 1 diabetes know that you know, I've, I've walked in their shoes. I walk in their shoes daily. Um, you know, so just know that, you know, to know that they're not alone, to follow their dreams, to, to keep on working hard and not let people say, um, it, you know, not to let you know, people say that they can't do anything because they can. You know? it's, um, that's something that, that, that hits home to me. And, I just want to encourage anybody and, and any families that are out there that are struggling with type 1 diabetes or just going through it, just to, just to keep on going and, and just know that you're not alone and um, there's better days out there, but just, just live in the day that you're in right now. There was, uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier that Mark is on the cover of the new issue of Press Box and the story that Bo Smolka wrote, like he, he talked about, like you had a day when you were first in college where, you know, there was like your your roommate had to pounce into action like that's a real thing for you that you can't like you just don't get to ignore one day wake up and be like i don't feel like dealing with it today yeah that's a that's part of it man it's a it's a it's a scary kind of thing you have to deal with but you got to do what you got to do so I've, I've been fortunate to to have um great people around me that look after me and sometimes bad days happen with type one type one diabetes but um, you know, I encourage and my, my, my advice to people out there is, is to, to have people around you that, that really care about you um, and that look after you. It's awesome. And then, Tyus, I got to ask you about JPP. I know how much it meant to you when the, the connection that you had with Justin, we had him out here a couple weeks ago. Um, I mean, that's a legend, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a dude that's done everything yeah. in this game. Um, What's it like being around that guy? Have you already been able to have like a conversation to try to pick something up from, you know, a, a guy that's done everything showing up in your locker room? Yeah, man. You know, with him, he's an open book. He always says that whenever you need help, if you need to talk about something, he's always there, man. And that's one thing that I appreciate most about him, um, just being the vet that he is and the player that he is, like being able to share his knowledge and what he's been able to um, capture and see and embrace, you know, for the many years that he's done and to just soak in all the knowledge that, you know, he has and what he knows and try to apply that to my game. And that's what, you know, I try to do for the young guys as well. You know, just, you know, leaning on him and learning from him, I could do the same thing for the young guys like Dafe and other guys as well, kind of show and help them be the best players that they can be. Love it. I love it. All right, can we ask for a favor? Mm -hmm. The next time we do this show, can it please be after a win? Like, please. Yes. <laughs> please. We're going to be back in that win call. All right. I love the sounds of that. Y'all make some more noise with Tyus Bowser, and Mark Andrews. Mark, I was like, is there anything we can plug for you? Anything charitable-wise you're doing? Anything that we can just talk up for you before we let you go? Nothing, man. Just bring that noise on Sunday. I love that. Love that. Tyus? Hey, he said it all. I pray that it's Sunday, but you know, whenever it is, I'm, I, we can't wait. We, we were like Bart Scott, really. Like we just, <laughs> we can't wait. Hey, we can't wait either. I know that's true. I know that's true. All right, thank you all for coming out here tonight to Guilford Hall Brewery. Um, wanna thank them for having us. 
Thank you to our partners, Great Eights Memorabilia. Don't forget, they've got a great event with Devin Duvernay coming up in October up in Bel Air to, uh, to help fight the battle against breast cancer. It benefits the Susan G. Komen Foundation. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com is how you find out more. Thanks to Maryland Vascular Specialists. Thanks again to Kamado Grills. Rita, love you. Even though love you're bailing you too, on me for post game this week, I still love you. Hey, man, um, y'all know I'm an old lady. I can't, I can't be up one o'clock in the morning talking about football. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't do it. It's what it is. I understand. But I will be doing the Winning Drive podcast. That's, That's why right. I got to do it. You can listen to Winning Drive. Appreciate y'all. We will see you next time. This has been the Tyus Bowser Show.